and I know what you're going to sync with Pete, so that'll be funny. Sync up. Three, two, one. Hello, everybody. I have a treat for you. Pete, why don't you crunch? Wait, I'm waving my mouth. Damn it! <laughs> I'm not your eating monkey puppet person. <laughs> yes, you are. This is the Try Games That Net Podcast. We're at episode 140. It's Saturday at noon, and it is July 11th. And Pete is enjoying his carcinogenic toast. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he crunches and munches and slices and dices and what? Uh, Slunks leaves a hello. He cannot be with us yet again, uh, but he does leave a hello. He was in the Skype chat room a little bit. Um, but that was Pete crunching. Uh, we have another person, as usual, on the cast with very long hair and guitar skills. And that would be you. Yeah. Hi. Al. That's Al. And I'm your host, Austin, a.k.a. Mr. Coupon. And my knees have been bitten to death by mosquitoes from last week. Uh, because I went tubing and I wasn't on the cast, and I probably would have fared better by being on the cast, because then I wouldn't have gotten eaten by mosquitoes, but that's okay. Um, no, no, it's not okay. That's That, that kind of sucks. So we're going to quickly move off the mosquito bite tip and ask, uh, well, Pete's kind of eating, so we'll ask him what he's been playing. Okay. So, I played a lot of shit. But, oh great! For someone who's chewing, he played a lot of shit. Well, no, it's it's okay because I was gonna say, um, I won't go into details on everything because, since uh, you know, certain people are gonna be away next week, um, All I can just I can just record a uh, extra long trilobitish type episode for an episode because uh, like with right. how much stuff I played, I could right. probably take up an hour. Or what we could do, Al, is. Uh, what's this? What's Saturday the 18th? On the 17th, we just go ballistic, and then you know, I'll have a laptop, <laughs> and and we'll record while you and I are you know have have gin and tonics in in our lungs, and then we'll see what happens, and then show it to Pete. Oh Jesus! If it's possible, <laughs> it's if it's possible. possible. <laughs> I don't think we'll end up doing it, but that would be funny if we did it and then complete and then uploaded it and then forgot that we uploaded it. It's like, what have you been playing? Nothing, there. I've been drunk all week. <laughs> oh, hold my hair back. Hold my hair back. Oh, no, I, you're, trust me. I, Al, you're I've gonna get long past those uh, Facebook pictures. <laughs> you're going to get a uh, real-life achievement next week. Yeah, pretty much. Coupling. Get married. <laughs> get married. It's going to be like 1,000 um, gamer points. So, uh, like, just to say some stuff that I've been playing. Uh, yeah. Actually, most recently, right before we started the podcast, I was playing some Left 4 Dead because uh, I downloaded some random maps and was messing around with them. Yeah. Um, and I found out that I guess you can play survival mode, technically single player, which I didn't realize cool. before. I thought you had to play it online with other people, but you can just start a lobby, like an online lobby, and start the game with just you in it, and then the other players become AI anyway. Oh. So. You can mess around with Survivor, single player. Um, I would have asked certain people if they would want to play, but every time I ask them, they are never available to play, so... Yeah, see, I was up, and you could have asked, but... Your Steam you thing did. said busy. It says away, or busy. That no, never, no. That never stopped it, you before. It's always, see, it's always going to say busy. 
Because of what you said before. Which Wait, what did I say before? I don't remember. That I was, you always said I was <laughs> online, so you messaged me. Oh, and yeah. Then I'm so like, but now it's counteractive, because now it says busy, and I'm actually there. Yeah, and you exactly. Message me and, and you don't want to message me because it says I'm busy. I was all like, I should message out, but it's like, it says he's busy. I'll probably get a message back saying I'm busy, so... <laughs> Hey, anyway, Kobe. so yeah, I messed around with some Left 4 Dead, some uh, downloadable maps. Apparently there's this good site called, uh, I think it's just left L4DMaps.com, um, which has a whole bunch of downloadable maps and stuff. Uh, so I messed around with a couple of those, and they were fun. Um, and then what else did I play? I played some more Fable 2 throughout the week, and still I'm enjoying that, and... Um, see, it's hard for me to talk about the stuff I really want to talk about, because like, I want to save that. But uh, I played... Dun, dun, dun. Dun. The stuff I played a lot of was uh, Xbox Live community games. Um, hmm. So, yeah, I want to talk about those, but not right now. So yeah, you're using the whole there. XNA shit? What, what did you say, Austin? The, the stuff that was built by the XNA efforts? Yeah, yeah, like okay. the XNA community-type games. Um, so that's really it, other than the normal stuff. Uh, if I think of something while I'm eating my toast, I'll butt in with my crunching. <laughs> but otherwise, someone else go. Smash hits, Al, go! Um, well, that'd be last thing to talk about, but... <laughs> Okay. Um, I didn't really get to play much okay. this week because I had a really fucked up week, but Ugh. um I played What Ends With You and um on this really like cool but frustrating portion because I have to learn something new again with oh. the third go round. Oh and um what's cool is that like they I, I read it in the manual and it, there was, you know, I knew that this was going to be in there, but I didn't really plan on using it. There are some uh, weapons that you can use. They're all activated by what's called pins. You know, like basically pins that you would wear on your shirt. You know, like pieces of flare. But, um... Oh, this... we are familiar with your pins, yes, sir. Wow. From episodes past. So, um... You know, they're pins that are activated by slashing the stylus. Yep. They're pins yep. activated by pressing, dragging, yep. tapping, rapidly tapping, uh, scratching... And then there's some that are activated by the microphone. Now, of course, anything that involves a mic- microphone instantly induces a, uh, I feel self-conscious, should I really even bother using this feature of the game, impulse. Uh, like, for example, the uh, Nintendogs has a micro- microphone feature, and you know you kind of feel like, uh, well, if I'm sitting here kind yeah. of talking into my DS in public, do I feel kind of weird? Yeah, that shit's especially weird because it's like fifty percent microphone. You're like, all right, I gotta call the freaking yeah, dog. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm talking to a screen. <laughs> yeah. So um, then well, I started in this microphone. I'm sorry. Uh, oh. I was, go ahead. I was just gonna ask in this micro in this game, what do you? How do you interact with the microphone? Do you just blow into it, or do you, or do you have to say something? There's one that you blow into it, and whirlwinds come up, and then there's the other moves that. Uh, well, the only other one I've seen so far is you shout into the mic, and uh, speakers come mm-hmm. out and shoot out sound waves. And the can longer you... that you sustain it, the more damage it does. Can you tap the microphone, and will it do the same thing? Because like I, what I used to do with uh, Guitar Hero on DS is instead of blowing into it or or like shouting into it, because you have to shout into it to activate star power, which is mm-hmm. which is so cool. <laughs> I would just like literally like. Uh, use my thumb to like, or, or or use like some free part of my hand to like, kind of knock on the microphone hole, and that still registered. Yeah, uh, you can do that. 
Okay. And so, okay. so like, I was, I was doing that, but Wait, it's still Austin, kind of... did you just say you knocked up the microphone hole? You damn right I did. <laughs> no, knocked on, Toast Boy. Go okay, back go to your Go back to making holes in your toast with your knock-up toy. All right, go ahead, Al. Uh-huh. Um, so what I was doing was, being that the game is so frantic, it's it's kind of hard to just do a period. Yeah. Who in the hell is doing... What was that? That's Austin. Oh, what? wait, that was your uh, your doll, right? What are you talking about? His comic boy. Yeah, that. The hell comic, was that? comic guy's doll. sex toy. The hell was that? Yeah. All right, so um, uh, being that it's kind of you know frantic the game and everything, it's like, kind of hard. Tapping it to, works to, because yeah. you can kind of like if you run out of moves, you just tap the mic. Uh huh. But uh, one thing I found myself doing is kind of not shouting into the mic, but putting my mouth close to the mic and kind of going whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> it it it, it kind of imitates that whole like sound wave coming out of the speaker kind of thing and then it's something that you can I can continuously do because I don't have to think of anything to say I just go wow 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 and no wah, problem wah, with that wah. is that I put my mouth so close to the mic that I can't really see what's going on in the game oh <laughs> so I'm just kind of blindly pressing left and right on the on the pad doing moves but the problem is that uh, there's a, a wait do you put your sorry do you put your mouth close to the mic because you feel you just because like it's like natural instinct to do that or because like the game doesn't register very well because I don't want to be screaming loudly or shouting out like I'll be in the living room or something and I'll be playing and uh I don't want to disturb Evelyn because she's sleeping so I'm like whoa 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 the yeah. only reason I ask is because, like, I when I play DS games that require the mic, like, I notice myself doing that, too, where, you know, like, I'll put the DS kind of up close to my face. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I, I've also noticed that you don't really need to do that because the mic on the DS is actually really good. Um, so, like, if you just talk normal volume with it, like, at where you're probably normally playing it, it will still pick you up, probably. Yeah, I, I've noticed also that, like, randomly, the that pin will activate like if i'm playing i think if i tap the screen like too hard it'll register to the mic and it i'll be moving or something and i'll do an attack and all of a sudden the speakers come out just once and then yeah <laughs> i'm like all right whatever oh don't so. try playing that on the subway because when i was playing guitar hero on the subway mm-hmm. like every time i was able to br- every time i had enough meter to bring out star power it would activate mm. oh that because sounds, sounds like, like the subway rumbling because and it's rumbling and it's loud and everything. So like the instant star power came up, it went. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm still having fun with that game, but I'm definitely not gonna finish it by next Tuesday still because there's a whole like fourth game. part of the not game that I have to go through. Tuesday. Yep. Um, I also played a little bit of Idris Union. I'm stuck on a, a quest because I still haven't opened that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's worth opening up. Now they, they taught us a new feature, which makes the game even more complex. Uh, you can link your unions. So <gasps> the unions that you have, like basically the females they have across, so it's up and down, left and right, and anybody who's in like two spaces, up, down, left, or right, are able to join in in the fight. Yeah. Uh, the guys have X shape, which is two two squares diagonally up and down, left and right of them. So uh-huh. now linking involves just one more step where if, say, for example, you have a guy. He starts to union, he's the ace. And two squares diagonally away is a girl. She's included in his union, and now anybody who's one space away and across is also included in union. So you can now get people farther and farther away included in your attack. 
which makes things a little bit more complex because now the enemy, the computer, also follows the same rules. So they can put themselves into a union that uh, you wouldn't expect because the characters aren't that close to each other. But it's supposed to be something that's more in your favor because it's you only have like four people and you're fighting against an army of like usually seven or eight. So it's weird how they can use that tactic against you, but they don't really use it too much in the air. Like they don't set themselves up actively for it on their turn. But sometimes they end up like that, like if you're killing people and then they're just moving themselves to just get to you. You know what I mean? Perhaps. Like, for example, if you're far away from the enemy and the enemy is just moving themselves, like, in a straight line and they're putting people kind of close to each other, you can wind up fighting uh, a union that includes links. But if you guys were already together, they're not smart enough, really, to put themselves into a union that involves links before they attack you. Yeah, I think i got to play this for myself because it's hard to visualize. Yeah, it's hard through, to visualize if you words. don't know if you, yeah. if you haven't seen it. But um, enough about that. This morning was really the only time I really got to play games. So uh, <gasps> I played some Final Fantasy IV After Years, and I finished the entire chapter pretty pretty much because I played it once earlier in the week. I think I played for about 20 minutes, but then I played through the rest of it. And I was a little disappointed because it was only two hours. <gasps> and uh, But it was a, you know, 300. Stop it. It was a 300-point um, oh, no. episode or whatnot. And... It flowed very smoothly. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So the pricing is, is, is different between the episodes? Well, the pricing goes like this. It's 800 points for the first three chapters. Then okay. 300 points for the five chapters in between. Okay. Um, and that makes eight. And then 800 points for the final chapter. Oh, no. Okay. That's interesting. Um, so it, it took me three hours, I think, to do the first downloadable one. And then it was two hours to do the second one. And now I'm on to the third one. Uh, but what was just a little disappointed was that it it was too familiar. Like, that part of the game was like, oh, I could tell you exactly what's going to happen next. And it happened. And I was like, oh, come on. Couldn't you just think of something else? But you know, who knows? It, it, it's all in the um, the spirit of continuing the game and getting to the end and finding out why these things yeah. happened anyway. But so then it's predictable, you're saying? Like that chapter was predictable. Ugh. Um, you know what? This is kind of repetitive. Let's just put it up for $3. Okay. But um, I played that, and then I played some more Okami, which which, Okami. which, 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 which was very entertaining. What was that um, all about? I don't know. I just kept saying which, 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 because my mind couldn't actually get to the next word. Did you stutter? Yeah. No. Yes, yeah. but no. Uh, I was also listening to music while I was playing it, which was cool, because that, that kind of game that you don't really have to have volume up for. Okami? Yeah. Oh, but I thought the music is supposed to be really good in that game. The music is good, but I've heard it before because I've, I'm playing through like the same areas. I haven't like gotten to a new dungeon yet. You're a terrible human being, but I digress. Anyway. Uh, then, well, before I played Okami, I played... Guitar Hero Smash Hits, which I got yeah. yesterday in the mail, um, and surprisingly, the game's fun. Uh, you know, you would think, okay, Activision just rehashed a whole bunch of um, yeah, like we've done this Guitar before. Hero songs, we've done this before. We just want to cash in and have uh, the you know the whole band experience, blah blah blah. And you know, admittedly, when I heard Guitar Hero Smash Hits and how what it was going to be, I was like, ah, whatever. 
and then they offered it on uh, Red Octane on Wednesday, July 8th, that and Guitar Hero Metallica were being sold essentially for $35 a piece, and Austin and I, we split on that, so he's going to get the Guitar Hero Metallica whenever I see him, which hopefully be before we leave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I played Guitar Hero Smash Hits, and I played blah, about seven songs, eight songs, I guess. Um played Bark yeah. the Moon. Welcome I played Beast and the Harlot. Beast and I played uh, Play With Me. Play With Me. I played Through the Fire and Flames. Uh, I played The Trooper and uh, da, 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 something else. And these these are all uh, these are all master tracks with, where where possible, right? All master tracks, just completely all master tracks. Okay. And some of them are live master tracks, but right. That's what I meant because, like, uh, I know the Motorhead song was like the one in Rock Band is like is like uh, uh, Ace of Spades '98 or something like that. Yeah, because they they couldn't get the original recording or something. Right. I thought they probably couldn't find the uh, the tapes. Right. Or and then they, they had to come in and re-record it, and it's all slower and shit. And... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what the other songs are. But I might remember by the time I finish talking, but I have to mention. This yes. game is really fun to play on guitar because the the developers of this is is not yes. Neversoft. It's another company called Beanox. Okay. They okay. set the lag up on the guitar to make soloing feel so natural. I was hitting notes that I just couldn't even fathom hitting in the older games or even in World Tour. So For it's example, even lean. It's even more lenient. Yes, it's even more lenient in my opinion. Uh, and I, this is the evidence of that. <laughs> Another song I played was Godzilla. Okay. I played Godzilla, and I was nailing the solo. Like, I was looking at the multiplier to see if I would screw up, and not not screw up at all. And I was like, wow, this is really kind of working out for me. And I'm, I'm having fun playing the solo, and I'm hitting every single note. And I'm like, wow, this is really cool. And then I was playing Bark at the Moon, and Bark at the Moon, they, they changed the note, you know, a lot of the notes around, which is really cool, because some of the songs, it's like, eh, you know, you're used to how it was played in the original game, and the change is something you have to get used to, but then some of the songs, like, for example, um, for Bark at the Moon, I believe Bark at the Moon, uh, the roots, when you know how the song goes, dun dun if I rec- if I recall correctly, I think there were only three green notes in between each of the chords. Would you remember that? So it was like uh, almost like. Dun, dun, wait, dun, wait. Dun, let dun, me dun, think. Dun, I gotta dun, think. Dun. I gotta think. Uh, uh, yes, there were only. I believe there were only three. Uh, you keep talking about it. I'm gonna look up a note chart just because my okay. memory fails me. Um, well, there are four in this, so it actually reflects accurately the the song, and it's very possible that maybe in their cover version they just didn't do the four notes. Um, and there's a lot of things that you know, extra guitars that are present in the song that aren't present in the cover versions that they wrote note tra- that they wrote the notes for. Like in the middle of the song, it was like the dun dun dun, uh, and the dun 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 dun, 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 and then in the um, original Guitar Hero, they just had you hold the note, the chord. But in the Guitar Hero Smash Hits version, there's an arpeggio that you play behind it, as opposed to just holding the chord the whole time. Um, and then the solo at the end is completely different. It's it starts out as uh, a red, green, and yellow, and then it goes to 
uh, yellow, blue, and green, and then it switched to green, yellow, and orange. The third um, <laughs> triad set is green, yellow, and orange. I think this is another thing that people would need to actually see while you're talking to actually. Well, think about it like this, okay? I don't want to think about it. No, but, no, no. But I'm, keep on, I'm, keep on talking. Just keep on talking. It out I, there. I am I know, keeping on talking. I know, but I wanted to 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 uh, confirm what you were saying before because I found the note chart. Okay. So uh, it is three, three, three. Yeah, it's three all the way, pretty much. Right. So it's it's four now, which feels more natural, because now you won't screw up and either. Why did they leave out that note? I don't know. They they that was probably how they recorded the cover. Oh, okay, okay. Um, That's. But at the end, what they do is the the first set of notes is just the first three buttons, and then the second set of notes is the first, the third, and the fourth button, and then the third set of notes is the first, the third, and the fifth button. So you're doing, you know, full fretboard stretch there. So. You know, and then you go back to first, third, and fourth, and the first, second, and third, blah, blah, blah. And that's how the song ends. If anybody, you know, anybody who knows the end of Bark and the Moon would understand what I'm talking about. Um, I played Through the Fire and Flames. Guess what they did to Through the Fire and Flames? Uh... Which, you know, the the only part of the song I played was the intro. Guess what they did to it? Uh... Made it easier? Well, yeah, to a point. Do they, do they let you use the, the finger tap board? Yes. Okay. The entire part is touch strip, which means that theoretically you can keep your finger held down on the touch strip at green and then tap out the rest of the notes, which I actually managed to do once. Uh, it's not hard to do. It's just that it's, it's hard to figure out in your head, like to do it that fast, uh, you know, the red, yellow, blue, red, yellow, blue, orange, blue, orange, yellow, blue. There's red, that. Yellow, and there's also the fact that you're doing it on the touch strip with no buttons. Did you try it with the, with the regular frets? You can't. You can, but the thing is, you would have to hold down the green on the touch strip with your left hand, and then hit the buttons with your right hand. I hadn't tried that yet. Are you? Are you? Sh- I don't. I don't. I don't think that's unless they changed it up for World Tour. Um, all the touch strip notes in Guitar Hero, uh, World Tour going forward. Uh, like if you don't have a touch strip guitar, you can still just play those notes by hammering and pulling off. Like you don't have to, like you could you could do that 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 green note hold I believe in 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 world tour if they you know if they code it the same way. Uh, well, I'll have to try it again. I, give I remember it a shot. failing. Give it a shot with the like a, with like a different guitar. Uh huh. I said give it a shot with a different guitar, the one that doesn't have a touch strip, and see if it lets you do it. Sure. Because the way that I played, um, what's the uh, what, what's uh, 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 Satch Boogie? Yeah. The way that I play Satch Boogie on um. What's it called? Is with uh, the Rock Band 2 guitar. Mm-hmm. And, like, obviously that has no touch strip, so I just use the, the smaller frets up top to do that insane part that I can only get one-third of the time. But do you uh, hold one button down while you do all the rest of the notes? Yep. Okay. That's all I want to know. So then it probably is possible, and I just wasn't doing it right. It, well, they don't spell it out either for you. They don't, they don't do a good job of spelling it out, so... Mm-hmm. Well, the thing was... Um, the funny part about doing the touch strip thing is that I can't look at the screen and use the touch strip, touch oh, strip at the same time. Yeah. So I, I look at the touch strip and I just know the song. I know okay. the pattern. So I'm just trying to do it and I, I, I kept on failing because I kept screwing up the pattern. But technically it's something that you can do as long as you know the pattern. All you gotta do is look down the touch strip, hold the, um, you know, get ready to hold it when you're supposed to because if you hold it beforehand you start, you know, hitting wrong notes. 
Yeah. So then you do it and you just, you tap the thing like um like you're playing a bass guitar almost, and then you have to const- you have to switch at the end to regular playing guitar when it has like that whole string else and you're like yeah that was where like, I failed. No! Cause that's I, that's why I like using the rock band guitar. But go ahead. I think that if um if I was to do better, of course, at the the regular pattern, the 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 touch trick pattern, that I would get more leniency at the end, where every note would you know every other note would probably be a fail. So anyway, uh, I played that and I played um play with me, which I can't finish. It it's even harder than um Guitar Hero Rock's eighty version. Huh. Because a lot of the stuff that is actually in the song <laughs> is in the song now. Because oh, the cover version of the cover version left out a lot nothing of stuff. compared to the real song. Really? Yeah. I didn't like, know um, I, and also I, I was trying to keep things under wraps because it was like 7 o'clock in the morning. So I didn't So wanna, you couldn't really hear it? Yeah, I, I couldn't really hear it. And the guitar, my guitar squeaks when you strum it. And I didn't want to play too loudly. So I think I'll try it later on. And, uh, you know, later on tonight, like, I'm, I'm gonna be here by myself tonight, so I'll probably just, like, crank the shit up and play all kinds of Guitar Hero rock bands. Pornography! Um, and I play Rain and Blood. Oh, man, Rain and Blood, they, oh, they killed Rain and Blood. Killed it in terms of neutered it, or made it even harder? They made it even harder. Why? I don't know why they made it even harder. You know how they made it even harder? Because the part that, um... You know how it used to be just all four notes adjacent to each other? Yeah. Now the first four notes are adjacent. Now you skip? And they skip one. It's oh, blue, four, red, three, two, one. Blue, yellow. Yeah, four, three, two, one, five, four, three, one. Basically. Why? I don't know why they did that. that Why'd you so, let them do that? I don't it's know. Your what it's your fault. And it's not, it's not touch strip either. Because if it was touch strip, maybe it would be a little oh. easier. But it's, it's all hammer on. And I'm like, ah, oh, man. I, I kind of like that, actually. I want to try I it mean, now. it's it's challenging. All you got to do is just kind of get used to it. And I actually got past it once because I used star power. Because it's actually easier now to play the first part. You can hit that 100% now and not be as great as it, as, at it as you you were on, had to be on Guitar Hero 3. You mean the, the opening, like, triplets? Yeah, the opening triplets uh, are right. so much easier to hit now. Because I used to always screw up like every other one, oh. and now it's like that. I can just do it, and it's not a problem. Uh, unless I've gotten better, I, I'd have to, of course, pop in Guitar Hero. I'm sure you've gotten. I'm sure comparison. you've gotten better too, because they were never really that hard. See, they they were hard for me because not hard. I just say I can't hundred percent that part. <laughs> and now I can hundred percent that part. Oh, I see. okay. Um, and I don't remember anything else that I played because I I didn't want to play anything like too slow or too easy. And I wanted to play the songs that I really had a good time with. So, yeah, it was like Godzilla. And, uh, I played the Trooper. I didn't really finish it because the solo was crazy. Oh, there was something that I played that had triplets. Not triplets, trills. And the trills were so easy to pull off. I don't remember what song it was. It wasn't Trooper. It might have been uh, Godzilla. But I don't think it was Godzilla either. But who cares? Um, <laughs> wait, what if I look in the back of here? I'm looking at the back of the box here. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, what was that riff? I, I don't know. I was yeah, just kind of doing some filler music while I look at the thing. I th- I think you should uh, re-listen to this podcast once I post it, and then write <laughs> down the riff, and then make a new song. For, your, um, for, 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 for hey, Roca Fuerte. 
Oh, I played before I stopped before I stopped playing the game. I played uh Psychobilly Freakout. Ooh. And it's it's harder. Is it the original version or is it like still the messed up weird like completely different from the real song version that uh Wave Group recorded? It's the real version. Which means that there's a lot of notes that I didn't. I was like, "What? This isn't what? This is all oh, failed." But they, they, they really, because they like on the, or at least on the music video that I saw back, back when I was playing Guitar Hero Two a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, it, it didn't even have any solo. It was just him kind of going like psyched, like psychedelic, and and then playing like weird riffs and strums. And they were there wasn't even a solo unless I'm remembering it wrong. So no, I was no, like, it was that was the thing. There was no like real solo in there. It was just a whole bunch of weird chord fragments in there, and then a whole bunch of like really fast drums in there. And oh, shit. since it, you know I was playing early. In the morning, I couldn't really hear the song, so I really didn't know what I was doing. And then you remember the part where it was like dun 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 dun. dun. Yep. It, it it doesn't seem like that anymore. That was where I failed, and I was like, I couldn't quite understand what it was. So when I play later on, I'm probably going to get it, but it it just completely threw me off when I played it. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So that was all I played. Um, so it's it's not double stops, like they're double chord, stops. Chord, chord. But oh, the, but it's not the, the same frequency pattern. in which the notes are. It seems like it's faster or there's more compressed. I, I don't know, but it was crazy. Um, and that's wow. all I played, I believe. Um, yeah, I believe that's all I played because I didn't play much until I played today. And uh, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. You done? I'm done. You, you, are you done spazzing out? What are you falling down the stairs? Cool. I guess you don't get that family reference. Uh, I think he said it was Bob Marley falling down the stairs or something. Uh, I've been playing nothing, actually. No, I had to play Holy Invasion of Shittacy for review. Uh, everyone knows how that is, so I'm not going to bother with it. Um, I did, uh, uh, for for a couple of minutes, I, I did manage to get Peggle on my Blackberry. Uh, and the reason why I want to... Uh, and and this is this is I'm sure is not news to to veteran you know BlackBerry owners versus whatever uh, iPhone owners or, or or whatnot. But I I had no idea what kind of uh, power the BlackBerry Curve hardware had, right? So I had no idea what its capabilities were. Mm-hmm. So you know they're putting out all these games, and I'm just like, all right, well I don't expect them to be like iPhone games because you know th- this is an older model. The Curve is when I got the Curve, it was somewhat new from Verizon, but it was still like an older device. So the hardware in it's not that you know spectacular. So I'm like, all right, that's fine. Um, and they they have all these like weird platformers on there, and you know the, the the typical mobile versions of like Prince of Persia. They had Prince of Persia Classic on there, which I was tempted to get, but I you know decided against it because I know it would frustrate me because I'm not good at the original Prince of Persia. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, it was it's the I think it's the one that mimics the one that came out on X, Xbox Live. It's it's the original content, but with a new coat of paint, like oh, a pretty okay. looking one. So Which I'm I like, still all right, haven't gotten yet. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'll you know, peggles out. Let me, wow, let me let me get it and try it. Like it's it's relatively. It's I, I'm think I'm thinking that it's a relatively simple game. I mean, yes, they're ball physics that <laughs> ball physics. They're <laughs> physics that you really have to accommodate for, uh, but. By and large, it you know it's a it's it's a it's a plinko game you know so mm-hmm. I'm like all right, and I install it and I play it and it's like from the very moment that you try to move your your aiming cursor, it's apparent that 
like the hardware is just not up to it. Either the hardware isn't up to it, or whoever ported it did a really terrible job. Because, like, okay, when you play it with um, with the mouse, right? Right. It obviously it doesn't lag. Like when you move your mouse, the thing follows you exactly. Right to the T. Right now, with with the BlackBerry version, there's always like a little bit of lag um, when you move your trackball. Like, and, and then you start going like, why isn't why isn't it moving? You know, I'm I'm rolling the trackball, but it's not moving. And then you roll it three times, and then it moves like across the screen. Mm. So then it's like the other option that you can do is pretend that you're playing it on a cell phone and use the four and six keys as your left and right. But even then, like, each increment is so tiny because everything... And maybe this is not the fault of any device, but each time you press it, it's such a tiny increment that, like, to, to move just a small distance, you have to either hold it down for a long time or tap at it, like, a lot... Uh, uh, like, six, 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 Right, right, and so it's like you kind of need that, but at the same time, because everything else about it is so slow, and like, like if you could use a trackball accurately, it would be a problem. Right, it should but have it doesn't, loosened yeah. the, the control on the trackball. Either that, or maybe it's, again, maybe it's just not up to, the, up to par, because mm. then you launch the ball, and it kind of goes like, what's a good way to describe it? Okay, think of... Think of, like, a way old pinball game on the NES, okay? Mm-hmm. And I, I know that the original pinball game, like, uh, the one Nintendo put out, like, the ball was actually pretty fast. Mm-hmm. <coughs> but, like, you could tell that the physics weren't really up to snuff. It, you know, it was, it was a video pinball game. It was more now, breakout-ish, which, you know, the ball right. physics of breakout are different than pinball. Right. Now, I'm not talking about the physics here when I'm talking about Peggle Blackberry, but I'm just talking about the, the comparison between how the, the speeds mm-hmm. and how smooth it feels. Imagine the physics of an old NES pinball game, and, and actually a badly coded one, versus like actually looking at a pinball machine and watching that ball bounce. The difference in the fidelity is kind of similar to how when you're looking at Peggle on the PC versus Peggle on the Blackberry. And I've seen Peggle on, um, on iPhone, and I've seen it on DS, and they run just fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have it on my my video iPod, and I love it. Yeah, like I, it probably works great on the on the iPod, right? Yeah. Like it's smooth. There's no there's like when the ball's bouncing, there's no like. Yeah, I actually prefer playing it on my iPod than I do on my PC. Interesting. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the the speed of it is all just messed up on the BlackBerry, and it still functions. It's still one of those things where it's like. I got nothing. I really have nothing else to play at all because I left everything at home. I might as well boot it up. It's still serviceable, but it's just like I thought. I personally thought, and and again, this is probably my my problem. I thought that the hardware was up to the task of you know maybe taking this simple game because like you said, it works on a regular iPod, mm-hmm. I, I, iPod Video, right? Yeah. Right. It works on a regular iPod Video, so it's like why couldn't it work on a BlackBerry, which does all this stuff for you? But I guess. I guess graphically it's just not. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. That's that's pretty much all I played this week, which is sad. Um, <laughs> oh, you trying to Peggle? Yeah. Which was like what you downloaded that yesterday? Yeah. Uh yeah. Wow. That's it. That, that that's oh. it. This week I did not play anything. I forgot. There's something that I played that I wanted to talk about for half a second. Oh, what is it? Arena. Oh Elder no. Oh no! Because, oh uh, god, you gotta talk about that, please. Uh, Bethesda released um, Daggerfall for free, which is Elder Scrolls 2, and 
uh, I had no idea when I went to the website that they were also offering, like they had offered, I guess, for a while maybe. Uh, I did not know that is... either of these were offered for free. I'm going to go download them right now. Well, um, <laughs> good luck trying to no, download No, no, not now. Yeah, not now. But uh, good luck trying Until to da- download Daggerfall at this time because I think the masses are downloading Daggerfall and the, the download rates are horrendous. Like, I can't even get it to download. It takes, like, say, after two or three minutes, it just stops at whatever size it oh. is. And I've managed wow. to download, like, ten megs of it in a matter of two days. And, like, I'll just wait. Maybe next week when I get back from the the vacation and, you know, I'm your married man, Daggerfall will be waiting for me to download at 100k a second or something like that. Why I, don't you use Get Right or another download manager that has spyware in it from 1999? Why not? Uh, so I downloaded um, Arena. Or Gator. Which was Gator. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> All right. Uh, so Arena was like nine megs, and mm. Dagger Falls one hundred forty-eight megs. Uh, Arena downloaded a snap because nobody was downloading it. I installed it, and uh, in order to play these games, you need a DOS emulator because uh, Windows Vista and XP command prompts aren't compatible, uh, which is not a problem. It's real easy. Uh, DOSBox? Did you use DOSBox or something else? I use DOSBox. Okay. Um, now I have to learn how to use DOSBox because I'd like to play, uh, try and see how this game works in full screen. But um, I did play it in like the little tiny DOS box they give you, and it runs pretty well once I uh, increase the, fr- uh, the the CPU cycles that the game actually uses. Um, it feels so old. Oh my goodness! It, it plays exactly the same as like Morrowind, where you, uh, in order to choose your character, you, you answer can, a bunch of questions. Yeah, answer a bunch of questions, or you can just cr- select what class you want directly, Hold and the questions are the same. Seconds. Hold that. The exact same questions? I, I remember answering the exact same questions. Like, um. That's funny. There's a. You're walking home with, like, a freaking sweet tart. And, and what kids do you do? are trying to, like. They, they, they corner you in the alley, say they're going to fight you, beat you up for the sweet tart. What do you do? Uh. Then there's one. There's a teacher who's, like, a, a. He's abusive to everybody in the class, and especially to you. And he calls you fuck? over at the end of one class to berate you, and these kids are behind him uh, summoning a snake to put in his bag. What do you do? Uh, you know, things like that. It, it, yeah. it was a question like, uh, you have a choice of whether to visit your um, aunt or uncle, but your father already has an idea. Well, he already knows who he wants to send you to, but he asks you who you want to visit anyway. Who do you choose? And the aunt, aunt is rich, and the uncle is sick. And it's funny. It's like I chose choose between, the, you know, spend equal time with both of them. And then most of the answers I chose led me to be a healer. Uh-huh. So then um, I ran through the first dungeon. And I don't hold know. That, hold that thought for two seconds. Yeah. You just reminded me of something that I also I actually did play. But go oh. ahead. I'm oh, going okay. to try to remember this now. Typing it down in the chat. Okay. I ran through the first dungeon not really knowing how to play the game, so I couldn't really, like, I didn't know how to attack at first, and I didn't really know how to navigate things, I didn't know how to access certain things, and I died. And then I <laughs> went, and I actually selected a class the first time, I selected a battle mage, or whatever, and I chose that character and tried to play again, and I died. And the, the game is actually really tough, but... If I know more of the commands, I try to look at game facts to see if there was like a command list type of thing. They don't have a command list in the fact. So I have to find some way to figure out actually how to play this game. Uh, maybe they have a user guide somewhere, but it's not on Bethesda's site. And um, once I figure out how to play the game, I think I'll be able to get out of the first dungeon. 
can I ask you something about the DOS box? Yeah. I've used it maybe once or twice to run something that I, I can't remember what I got. But it was really old, and I used it to run it. Um, and it was either too fast or too slow, or I just couldn't get it to work. And then all the DOS games that came on Steam, like they already had it set up like beautifully so that I wouldn't have to tweak anything. Mm-hmm. How long did you have to sit there tweaking it to get it to run? Uh, didn't really. Um, I looked at something... I think it was in the arena and I should, installation notes. You and should and I should bear in mind that you are like a computer god, so that's different. Yeah, but I don't know how to use DOSBox. It's not. It wasn't anything that I was familiar with already. Okay. Um. Basically, the only thing that I had to do was already listed in the arena installation notes, and it was um. You had to hold control and press F12 a couple of times, and when you hold control and press F12, it increases the number of computer cycles that DOSBox uses. Because when I first started the game, it was like, and I was like, what the fuck? And then I started increasing the cycles, and it was like, you know, whatever the song was. And then I would, I got into the game, and I would press left, and then literally three seconds later, it went left. And I was like, what the fuck? So I increased the computer cycles again, and then it started moving like freaking Wolfenstein on a on a really fast PC. That's what I played. Wolfenstein? Yeah. Ah. But keep going, keep going. Oh, man, what was I watching? Oh, I was watching um this movie at work called Force 10 from Navarone, and it was, you know, a World War II movie. Oh. And there was this thing that happened. I don't remember what it was. Oh, I think uh, they they were breaking these guys out of jail, and they wound up shooting all the guards or whatever, and then they were running out, and this one guy... <laughs> He kept running out with a machine gun and spraying everybody who came down the hallway. And I thought, oh man, that would be a funny-ass multiplayer Wolfenstein. <laughs> yeah, I, um, because cause I bought the id pack so long ago, it came mm-hmm. with, like, the original Wolfenstein. Um, and, uh, all eight episodes, no, six episodes, sorry. All six episodes plus, um... What is that thing called? Spear of Destiny. Ah, uh, yes, that was the first Wolfenstein. And the Spear of Destiny was the first one. Yeah, that was the first one I owned. Oh, first one you owned. Yeah. Okay, I thought you said the first one ever. Oh no, 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 and no, that's the sequel. Okay, I was, I was, I was gonna say, I was like, no, I, it looked, it looked better but worse. Um, and I basically went to GameFAQs because all I wanted to do was kill the bosses. Mm-hmm. So I went to GameFAQs and 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 put the maps on my second screen. Um, and and then put the MLI code into effect and just ran through everything and like half the maps the entrance is like ten feet away from the entrance uh, from the exit. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The entrance is like ten feet away from the exit, but like um, you have to get the keys to open the doors and then you're yeah. you're sent on a wild goose chase. And finally, like then you get you go back to the entrance and you're like, okay, here's the exit, but. Once you're looking at the maps and you do the MLI code, it's just like, bonk, bonk, 34 seconds. Bonk, 34 seconds. But of course, since you use MLI, they add 10 minutes every time you use the code. So it's just like, 55 minutes, no high score. And I'm like, I don't care. I just want to kill the bosses. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, I went through the first two. And this is, this, you know, this could run on my laptop at work. That's why I was able to do it. Um, I, just, I just played it a lot earlier in the week, and so I forgot that I had played it. Cool. But... Um, I went through the first two, and I killed the guy in the blue with the chain gun, and I killed the doctor. And then I wanted to go through the third episode and kill Hitler, who's in that cyborg machine. Yeah. But 
the, the whole the, the infamous cyborg machine one where everybody like is like robot Hitler, mm-hmm. but uh, I I just didn't get around to it. Uh, w- what are the fourth, fifth, and sixth episode bosses? I don't remember. I never got that far. <laughs> Wasn't it like that dude's the dude in the blue suit? His sister is one of the bosses. Uh, either that or in Spirit Destiny. I know his sister is one of the bosses in the game. That's so funny. Um, it's like random dude in blue suit who has no role except to get... Like, is that a guy actually anybody or is he just a guy with a gun? I think he's just a, a big German dude with a gun named Klaus or something like that. Guten Tag! Um, oh, nostalgia. Let me, I'm going to look it up. Yeah. Wolfenstein. 3D! Uh, let's see. Oh, this is going slow. Transfer data. It, it's it's trying to download Daggerfall as I see. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. I'm not going to try downloading that because I have it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was running through that, and then I tried Spirit just uh, for shits and giggles. I tried Spear of Destiny, and it wasn't anything about the game itself that turned me off to it, but just the whole kind of all right. You know what? I ran through like 16 levels of this old 3D archaic stuff. I don't want to run through anymore. Yep. And so I just turned it off. Like I. I it's it's one of those things that I really just want to run through just to kill the bosses, and it's it was so funny because I forgot they did this um, with the doctor because uh, they didn't have it in episode one, but they had it in episode two, and I killed him. And it's like, let's see that again. Kill Cam. They showed his death scene again. Oh, nice. <laughs> and then in the thir- I know in the third episode um, when you kill Hitler, they do it like three times. It's like let's see that again. They show it, mm-hmm. then they show it in slow mo, then they show it in super slow mo. <laughs> I could be remembering wrong, but I believe. That's how I did it. That's um, I mean, not not that's how I did it, but that's how I remember it. So, um, but Pete has w- a, a few more additions. Pete, what what else have you been remembering while I look uh, up this boss name? All right, a few things uh, that I remember playing. Um, first, I want to mention I, I I know I talk about like been talking about magic a lot, but I just wanted to mention that I was playing more of the the 360 version, and I just wanted to. Uh, vent my anger at developers still not realizing that if they're going to put an achievement for you know winning X amount of ranked online matches, they really need to start counting losses for people who rage quit before the end of a match because uh, one of the achievements in that game is win 10 ranked matches online mm-hmm. and I must have played over like 30 or 40 matches before I finally was able to get my 10 because of people quitting like right before you're about to beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, people need to, uh, developers need to realize that if they're going to do stuff like that, they need to start counting disconnects as losses. Uh, they started doing that for Street Fighter on Xbox Live, like the first shitty port that came out, right? I believe so. I believe they put like a negative one or something, or, 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 or took away, either took away points or did I something didn't, else. I didn't actually play much online. Of You're talking about the, the, the just regular Street Fighter 2 hyper fighting, right? Yeah, with the apostrophe. Yeah, um... I mean, I I have that game on the 360 arcade, but I just really played it like you know, at local multiplayer, like when I was like hanging out with Charlie a lot and stuff. Yeah. I never really went online because I'm not good enough at Street Fighter to play it online. Right. Um, but uh, that in that one I never assumed I was going to get the achievements for anyway. But like Magic, I'm at least good enough, and it the way the Magic on 360 set up is like it's kind of an even playing field where like anyone can get on and win those ten ranked matches. It just requires people not fucking quitting. <laughs> um. And then uh, the other stuff I wanted to talk about was, uh, like, just because you brought it up, I just wanted to mention that, like, Peggle is such a great fucking game that, like, I because I never mention it, but I do play it, like, I think I play Peggle, like, at least once per day because of it being It's right there. Apple. Yeah, it's yeah. right there. So, yeah, like, exactly. on your commute or whatever, you pull it out and, and uh, wow, that sounds so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, and then just to mention about, because like I said, uh, about how I prefer it on my iPod. Yeah, like when I say I play it once per day, it's always on my iPod. I have it. I have. Uh, I don't have the regular Peggle on Steam. I have the uh, the extreme. free. Yeah, the the extreme one that came with ha- uh, Orange Box, whatever. Um, but still, I mean, like I played that once and like went through all the levels and never really played it again. But like the Peggle on my iPod is regular Peggle, and I've like gone through and beat it at like like all the adventure level like adventure mode levels and then all the challenges like five times and I just delete my save file and I start over. Um so yeah, Peggle's amazing. <laughs> uh the last thing I wanted to mention was that I can't really talk too much about it, but I am in the beta for Tiger Woods online. Tiger Woods Tiger Woods And y'all. what's that? No, I said Tiger Woods, y'all. Oh yeah. Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all uh, I just want to say that I, I really like what they're doing. I mean, um, without give, saying too much, because I don't know what I can say, because you know it's a beta, NDAs and all that. But uh, it it it's fun. It's Tiger Woods, and um, I really like what they're, what they're doing because Tiger Woods has always been, in a way, kind of like an MMO <laughs> that you instead of paying a monthly subscription for, you pay a yearly subscription for, and you get the privilege of having your character data wiped every year. Uh, um, <laughs> what? Why? I think he's talking about a different game. No, oh, I'm talking about talking in general about online. I'm talking about no. I'm talking about in general, like the Tiger Woods series. It's like uh, it's a metaphor, you know, like the fact that it comes. It's a yearly series. That's you, what I said. Yeah, like because the yeah, game comes out, so you, you get a wipe. Yeah. Right. You, so you're paying sixty dollars again to start over. Yeah, I see um, what you mean now. Yeah. Whereas uh, this, I like because it's like they can they can make upgrades to the system without you losing any character data, and it does start out like a Tiger Woods game where you have like you know low stats, and as you play. Uh, with this one, you earn money that you can then buy stat upgrades with. Um, and right now, uh, I, I probably shouldn't be saying all this stuff, but um, they, they use a, a three-point, uh, three-click system for golfing as opposed to the analog swing, oh, okay. which I okay. vastly prefer. I hate, I hate the quote-unquote true swing system because um, I feel that my thumb does not like accurately represent my ability to swing a golf club, whereas at least with the three three-click system, I can... Oh, oh you're using a gamepad. No, no, no. Uh, wait, what do you mean? Uh, well, for online? Tiger Woods on, yeah, online. No, I'm using a mouse. I, I mean, oh, I don't know if you can oh, okay. use a gamepad because it is just a three-click system. I'm sorry. I, I, so I, I guess you meant before when you played it on consoles. Right, right. On okay, consoles, okay. like, I hate using yeah, the analog stick and doing the, the, the swing-through. Because um, I would always hook and slice because my thumb, I can't get to go straight up and down like that, like, for the swing. Um, so I've always... Gate. What's that? Use a square gate on your analog stick. Yeah. I mean, I've always preferred golf games that use, like, the three-click system, like Hot Shots and stuff. Hot Shots and stuff. I, I mix stuff and golf together. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, it's, right now, I mean, it's like, it is in early beta and stuff, and it, but, like, I'm really enjoying it, so, uh, I, I hope that eventually they open it up and I can, uh, get to try it out with some friends because i mean like i guess you can play online with other people but you know me i don't like playing with random people so i don't know how like playing that multiplayer works if you actually play against other people or if it's just like you know challenge somebody play around and then post your score against their score kind of thing mm-hmm. if that makes sense you know um because uh it's a great game of golf but i do enjoy playing golf with other people and if it's like gonna constantly be a solitary experience i don't know how much fun that would be but anyway, yeah, I just wanted to mention that, and uh, uh, that is all I think. Well, does does now you brought up the true swing? Does it have the option to do true string? Not true yet, string, but true swing. 
<laughs> not yet, but I've from what I've read on the forums is that it's something that they will eventually implement. I'm, I'm assuming that they will implement gamepad support and then allow you to use True Swing, or you can just do use True Swing with a mouse too. Because I I sampled like Tiger Woods on on a PC. One of my friends had it, and so I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, let me try this. And I I like I liked using the mouse because it felt like kind of natural. I'm not yeah. a golfer, by the way. But, you know, it felt like I was swinging the club. And then that's why I went and got Tiger Woods 10 on, on Wii because I'm like, all right, you know, I can do this. And it does make it harder, but at the same time, it's just like I, the reason why I got it is because, is because I wanted to see how it felt to really do it as opposed yeah. to using the three-click system, which I would rather do for an arcade game like Mario Golf because when I'm in the mood to play that, I'm in the mood to not really care about what I'm doing. I just want to click, click, click. When that's I'm playing a weird. Tiger Woods simulation game, it's like, I want the simulation. That's why when I play basketball games, I'm like, I will not play an arcade basketball game because whenever I feel like I'm in the mood to play a basketball game, I want it to be a simulation. I want it to be difficult. I want it to represent what I'm doing out on the court because it's snowing and I can't go outside and play, but I can play inside because I have a gamepad. I find but, it weird that you like it that way because I would think the uh, for me it'd be the opposite. It's like golf to me is a, like at least you know virtual golf, video game golf is a, strictly a mathematical game. As long as you can figure out the math, you can, you know... You can play like pretty much a perfect round, um, but then that's and, not a sport. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying like like that's I, I'm not really into sports games, <laughs> but uh, for me, I'm saying that like that's okay. what I like about it, and that's why I like the three point three click right. system because then you can just play the math game when you're using when you introduce the true swing or analog option. Then it's like it it becomes just an ability to actually you know move your thumb straight up and down or with a mouse pull the mouse straight up and down, which I apparently suck at too because I've done. Uh, <laughs> I've done PC golf games with the mouse where you and, pull yeah. back and swing through, and I can't do that either. Mm. Um, although I, I, I do like golf games that use a trackball, uh, like Golden, Golden Tee in the arcade, <laughs> or or you can play some PC Drunk golf games tea. with a trackball mouse, which is fun. But um, yeah, uh, they will. Uh, back to the original question, which was like that they will be introducing t- True Swing into uh, into Tiger Woods at some point. Um, but from what I heard, like I mean, I don't know how that's going to affect people who like, cause apparently you can cheat with that system. You can, uh, like just people like will put like books or straight edge things against it, against the mouse mm. to like, you know, make sure that they're always swinging straight and everything. So like, I don't know, but yeah, that, that I'm oh, done, I'm done talking about that. <laughs> I only say that's lame because I feel like if I can't do it, then it's my own fault. Yeah. Which is so usually the case anyway. And it sucks that people have to cheat in order to yeah. win, but that's, Stupid. I'm going to use the square gate on my analog stick. Uh, I'm wow, so... Robot to press the buttons no, on my guitar hero. A guitar hero. hero. It's like, then you're not playing it, douche. <laughs> oh, boy. But all robots right. are cool. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Rob did all, all all the stuff you needed him to do. Rob the robot. Um, all right, it's enough of Wolfenstein and Golf. We will move on to the mailbag and the news. We'll be right back in a minute or three. Um, before we continue, uh, sorry, um, did did you read the um half minute hero thing? I think I I must have missed it. I read it. But uh, I've actually that we I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast before, but like that I remember talking about this before with somebody because oh. they're like this is from a while ago, like the half minute hero thing. 
Yeah, I don't remember ever seeing it ever in my life until this morning. Um, we don't I could have sworn it was on the this is, guys read it. This is kind of like Retro Game Challenge. Yeah, it like, maybe it was during Retro Game Challenge that somebody brought it up. Maybe like when I was talking about Retro Game, maybe, maybe Slunks or somebody brought this up. I know somebody talked about the whole, like, it's just four segments and each one's like 30 seconds long. I, mm. I remember here, unless I just, because I listen to a lot of podcasts, unless I just heard it on someone else's podcast. Right. But I could have sworn we talked about it on this. Okay. Huh. That was a... Retro Game Either... Challenge is now $28, and Big Bang Mini, which I heard good things about, is $20. Excellent. I kind of want Big Bang Mini now. Anyway. Retro Game Challenge is worth it, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely get it for that price, but I am just I just saw Big Bang Mini for 30 and I'm, at 20 I'm like, Ugh! So. Speaking of DS games, who's excited for Scribblenauts? I am. Oh, I hell yeah. That is. Sorry. What? <laughs> oh, my God. I haven't look been it up. following anything. I've been busy working and that's well, stop trying to play stop being busy and go look it up. Cause he has he's has a wedding coming up. After the wedding, he'll be free. Ah, <laughs> fine, of, maybe. <laughs> and then he's gonna have kids, and then you know, send them to school, and then they're gonna come over to my house and ruin my TV. And then, what? <laughs> <laughs> gonna have a bunch of little dreads running around. Just dreads, not humans, just little dreads. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> Let's define every aspect of my life by my hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather have a whole bunch of little balds running around? Well, odds are I will if they're boys. Little balds? No, not not boys, just balds. I don't know oh, how you would that, I don't know how you nasty. would uh, you just have like domes running around on little legs. Ew. <laughs> Play guitar. Ew. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> What a mailbag. Or whatever. I don't care anything. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Um, we're back. Um, it was longer than a minute for us, but it should have only been 30 seconds for you. And we have a mailbag entry. Uh, all you guys suck, and Edu doesn't because he actually bothered to send in mail, and you guys didn't. So, so I'm going to leave the decision up to Pete. But you might have just lost your chance to win Psychonauts because you all stink and Edu doesn't. So... You know, you're, you're, all, you're all crap. Anyway, uh, so he says, with the impending release, uh, Edu Buccaneer, for anybody who doesn't know who, what an Edu is, <laughs> the impending release of Dragon Quest Nine in Japan, I'd like to know what your thoughts are about traditional game series like Dragon Quest, games that in the past took thousands of school kids to line up from a, in front of a store skipping school. Do you think there's a space for this type of game in the future, especially due to the success of new IPs? Also, me wants or Pete's Steamzor's accounts. No, it says Stemraz. Yeah, Stemraz. Does, does that qualify? <laughs> oh yeah, it qualifies. Okay. He, he he definitely wins. Okay, so so we're not gonna wait for someone else to for other people to. Work. No, no. Edu, I, like I said in the last episode, I've been trying to get rid of this thing forever. Edu, okay. you win the account. <laughs> All right, contact Pete and then send him kisses and hugs, um, and Brazilian chocolates and those. What are those fucking Brazilian candies that I love? Oh my god, they're like way for the. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> what do you guys think? <sighs> um. Okay. Well, thoughts about traditional game series? Uh, I don't know. I like them. <laughs> I mean, I would still... I don't know if I... I mean, I'm, I'm too old to go lining up for any kind of game, but, like, I'm, uh, I'm it's still super excited about, like, the next Final Fantasy coming out and stuff. <laughs> and what? I, I don't know what the hell... How to answer this question. Do I think there's a space for this type of game in the future? Yes. I mean, people are always going to be excited for, like, the classic... Like game, like the next game in a classic franchise. Yeah, but I feel like there aren't any games in America um, besides Halo, and Halo's done with. 
um, that will have, you know, that type of impact similar to thousands of school kids lining up in front of the store, store skipping school, which I think is a Japanese thing. I don't think that that's an American thing. Um, right. He didn't ask that's, about that's why they American. Had, that's why they had to release it on Sundays going forward. Right. Um, and see, I don't think that people will line up like that for a while. Like, people do that for consoles. Like, you know, they did that for the Wii. They did right. that for the PS3. I think they did that for the 360, but I don't even remember. Um, I'm pretty sure they did. They had the whole, yeah, I'm pretty sure people did that. Because they have big events for those types of things. And, you know, yeah. like, you didn't see that for Mario Galaxy. And you probably won't see that for, like, well, did Killzone 2 come out? No, right? Killzone 2? Yeah, it's been out. Oh, it's been out. Okay, so I won't say that. Uh, but I'm trying to think <laughs> like of a February. Sony game, you know, that. Gears got people to come out. Gears, Gran Turismo 5. Gran Turismo 5. You definitely won't see people lining up for Gran Turismo 5 just because of the fact that um, I believe that that game is still niche. It's it's not a, a, a massive, uh, you know, it doesn't have massive influence. The, the average customer is not going to be that much into Gran Turismo 5 as far as the people who are really into the cars and the people who are really into the graphics of that kind of game. Not even Metal Gear Solid, I don't think. There, there really isn't a game that will create lines like that in America because in Japan, people, you know, they are very centric on this, on, on particular games like Dragon Quest. You will always see people lining up to get Dragon Quest on the first day as if if you don't line, I mean, and, and I think this is the truth too. If you don't line up and get your reservation in there or whatever, you're not going to get the game. I don't know how long it'll be before you can get the game, but you're not. I mean, these stores we're talking about, they sold out. If you didn't uh, reserve the game within like the first couple of days or whatever, and then there were people sitting waiting out online and the game wasn't even supposed to come out that day. And it just seems like that I saw people doing of... that for an iPhone once across the street from me because there's an, there there was an AT and T store across the street from me, mm-hmm. and I was walking home somewhat drunk one day, and I saw people lining up, and I'm like, "What the fuck are they? Oh, the iPhone comes out tomorrow." Oh, yeah. See, I think that people in America will line up more for hardware than for software because I believe that distribution of software is a lot easier in America, and there will always be copies of software as opposed to there being yeah. Hardware, uh, you know, there's always hardware shortages in America. I will definitely agree with that because I was going to say, like, with something like Final Fantasy, like 13, uh, there there would have been like, you know, a time in the past with like a Final Fantasy game when people probably would have lined up for it, but like with 13, it's going to be so widely distributed, and like now that it's going to be on multiple consoles and stuff, the people won't have to line up because they know that they can go out at any point during the day and probably pick up a copy somewhere. Right, and you'll still have people lining up, and those are the people who just want it first. They want to come home that midnight or whatever, you know, book off work the next day or not go to school the next day and be playing a game all night. But it's not right. like they're getting it because if they don't stand in line and get it, they're not going to be able to get it for like a week until the next shipment. Yeah, uh... I think the angle that I take on this, uh, in addition to what you guys have already said, is it's a cult. Is the culture? It, it, this whole thing, the whole thing that you guys just said, is yes, it's related to culture. But like the the difference, I think for me is not necessarily that they that that the Japanese are more willing to line up for video games and software, but that they're more willing to line up for Dragon Quest in particular as a property. Right. Um, and I, that's something I don't quite understand, but that's the well, thing. And I don't well, think I have a place to understand. I was gonna, it. I was gonna explain why I think they do that. Okay, is because um, 
Well, first of all, I think that after the whole Atari thing, video games kind of started becoming Japan's thing at first. Like, right after the whole crash, and then they were like, oh, we'll put out this Famicom and whatever, and it became a huge part of their culture in general, where any at any given moment you could look up and down a, a bullet train, or not a bullet train, any any subway in Japan, and, like, a mix of people will have their DSs out, or will be video gaming on their cell phone, and, like, sophisticated games, not, like, blow bubble pop or whatever the hell that bust a move wanna be on the Blackberry is. Right. Um, we're here... Most of the time, either you see kids with a DS, or in New York, older people with PSPs because it looks cool. You know what I mean? There's a there's, there's a different sentiment there. Yeah, they're not actually playing the game. They're more like they they're, they're either watching a movie, it or they're watching a movie or they're listening to music, or they're playing baseball. Right. Something. But that's yeah. not even really intense. Right. But my my point being is that get, while gaming is huge in America, it still isn't like. A, a, I, I feel, at least, just from my impressions, I feel that it is not quite... Um, I hate using this word, but for lack of a better one, it's not as acceptable yeah, as I it is in it. Japan for a businessman to take out his DS and start fiddling away with it. You know what I mean? Like it, it, It's just a bigger part of their culture. And so and the other thing is that with... When did Dragon Quest start using Akira Toriyama's artwork? I think it always did. That could also be it, because, again, so you, you've got the video games, and you've got a beloved artist who's like, oh my god, you know, it's, it's Toriyama, the, the, the guy drawing the stuff for Dragon Ball is drawing the stuff for Dragon Quest, oh my god, I gotta go try it, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's kind of a you had me at hello type of thing, where it's like, that's it, this is something that I want to try, and then... Oh my god, there's a second one coming out. Remember the first one? Oh my god, it's Toriyama again. Remember the first one? Let's go out and get it. And then the third one comes out, then the fourth one comes out, and then the fifth one comes out, and oh my god, because it's on Super Nintendo, it looks more like Toriyama's drawings on the screen. I gotta go get it. And, you know, it, it just kind of snowballed from there, where Final Fantasy didn't have the Toriyama art, uh, Metal Gear Solid, I don't know how big they are on stealth play there, but the funny thing is that Metal Gear is not a huge property in Japan. Right. Um... You know, and so, like, people aren't lining up for Metal Gear Solid like they do for Dragon Quest. They're not lining up for all these other video games in Japan like they are for Dragon Quest. So, it's not a video game thing as much as it is a combination of it's something that we love doing and it's something that we love looking at in Toriyama and video games. And, oh, because it's an RPG and it's simplified, we don't have to, you know, worry about stealth shit or all this other stuff. You know, it's, it's all menu-based and, and, and whatnot, and they've... Now they're, I guess they're focusing on this pure, like, you know, good versus evil storyline in every single Dragon Quest game. Whereas in Final Fantasy, they get all emo, and Cloud has spikes in his hair, and Squall hates everybody and wishes everyone else was dead because he doesn't want to die himself. And he has this really stupid gun sword and a stupid draw system because I hate that game. I'm going to stop talking about that game now. But, you know what I mean? It's like, it, it's, it's a very particular kind of, like, perfect storm type of deal. Mm-hmm. And you know what I also think? Just to interrupt you real quick. I uh-huh. think that... In Japan, since it looks like everybody plays Dragon Quest, I think that there is that uh, in-the-loop type of stigma where if you don't get the game, you're not in a loop. Almost similar to how when a big movie comes out in America, and you don't if see you it. don't see it, you're going to get spoiled. That's a good point. And that feels kind of the same way with an iPhone. Really? Or Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, like, I know what you mean. A, a, a lot of a lot of people take that take the, and and I'm not bashing the iPhone when I say this, but a lot of people get it less because of what it can do and more because of hey look, it's a sleek 
cool device from the guys that gave me my iPod. I'm going to get it, and I'm going to be like, yo, I got an iPhone, and it's got a touchscreen, and, and never mind that it took this long for it to get something as simple as copy and paste, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is retarded to <laughs> me. I'm sorry. About that. But you know what I mean? It's like, and it's more of a status, and somebody actually wrote this on Penny Arcade um, a long time ago when, when their friend called Storm Shadow was doing like hardware stuff for them. Like, he would write blog posts on hardware and, like, AV setups and, and home theaters and project and all that stuff. He basically likened the iPod to a katana blade in Japan, where in Japan, if you had one, it was a status symbol. Ah. Uh. Whereas, you could get... And I, I swear to this day, the iPod is nowhere near the best player out there. I'm sorry, it's not in terms of functionality. It's the sleekest-looking one, and it's the coolest-looking one, which is why people always go for it. And it's probably one of the more easier-to-use ones. Right, and then also just like you, you whip one out, and everyone was like, "Ooh, yeah, what do you have there?" <laughs> that also sounds kind of wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's it's undeniable. You whip an iPod out; it looks cool. I mean, like Apple, as a company, is 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 a genius when it comes to engineering these things. It looks great, so it's a, it's more of a status symbol. You whip it out, and and you know, girls flock to you. But <laughs> and, and and so how true? Oh yeah. Oh no. But um, I don't think I had any more thoughts beyond what I had when, when you I would in, like so. to say that I think we're answering his question completely wrong. Sure. Just because it seems that, like he's... That was at, just part one. Yeah, well, it seems like he's asking, like... More games that Well, no, like he's, he's, at, he's asking, like, games... How do we feel about, like, long-running series... Sure. Still I was going to get to that, actually. a viable, like... Yeah, a viable yeah, market as was, opposed to new IP. I was definitely going to get to that. I mean... I think the success of new IP doesn't mean that old IP is going to wither away and die. I think that it's 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 a, a maturation of our culture and our market where it's like, all right, before all people wanted was the same thing that they were familiar with because they didn't want to change. They just wanted more and more and more of the same shit. And then on the other side, we got this bunch of people saying, no, 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 I'm sick of this. And so when you pull all those people together, now you finally got, okay, here are new IPs. Wow. I didn't know that a game like this could exist. I'm so glad that I played this. Wow, that's awesome. At the same time, you still have people who are like, at the same, uh, yeah, but Street Fighter again? I like my Street Fighter. I'm going to go back to it. And, and you've got both of these people kind of mixing together. Um, and, it, I mean, obviously there's not room for everything, but there's still healthy space for the traditional IP that deserves it. And maybe the stuff that marketers are able to pummel into your head as you need one every you need Madden every year mm-hmm. no you don't no mm-hmm. you do not mm-hmm. I don't care who's listening to it who thinks they need a new Madden every year you don't like for, for two and a half years I was playing the same NBA 2K game I don't need a new NBA game every year and I'm a huge basketball fanatic you don't need it every year you're suckers stop buying it anyway um, but like yeah so I, I think that there's there's no way that, that the, the tra- traditional IP is going to die it's and actually I shouldn't say there's no way because I hate making blanket statements but I would be I'll say that I'll be surprised I'm open to the possibility but I'll be surprised if like traditional IPs that have been running for 10, 15, 20 years running go away I mean even Tomb Raider I think sold somewhat decently until the last one came out I think the last one kind of suffered but Legend did decently didn't it? yeah I think so and like who the hell was playing Tomb Raider after that disaster that was Dark Angel Right, but it still kept on going, and like I, 
it's it's a it's a sense of familiar familiarity. It's why we ha- we felt the need to remake Transformers into a live action movie. It's a, it's it's the reason why we had three Spider Man movies and three X Men movies, and both third movies sucked in those series. Um, it's it, it's it's why like it, it's why old school musicians can still sell CDs if they're good enough. So it's not as if you know, oh, something new came out and it did well, so that means that the old stuff has to go away. There's no... That, that doesn't make sense to me. I don't think so. I mean, that's, especially that's, if uh, an old series can recreate itself to keep itself contemporary, I think sure. that it can always last. Like, I think personally that with um, Square Enix... Uh, well, Square, I should say. Uh, kind of re- re-envisioning themselves and kind of... Uh, Taking Final Fantasy and stripping the fantasy slash medieval aspects of it and putting in sci-fi and then interchanging them uh, helps keep it more contemporary with especially a worldwide audience because um, a lot of times that whole medieval fantasy type of um, realm, it gets old with American players. Like every other game in the world is like freaking, you know... Swords Baldur's and Gate, Icewind right. Dale, and that's uh, that's where whatever they the new got that Dragon's Age, yeah. Because yeah. I actually just read, you know, I spent pretty much all the time uh, listening and reading the wiki on Dragon Quest, and Dragon Quest they came got it from, from yeah wizardry, yeah, and they took it and they said we want to make it more simple, right? Because they felt that it was too geared toward hardcore players, right? And I think I feel that the reimagining of Final Fantasy into a uh, a, a sci-fi and alternating between that sci-fi and fantasy universe helps keep it fresh. Definitely. Um, you notice how not only do they do that thematically, but th- with the gameplay, they always do something different. Like, they, they change... Well, now, I think... Oh, no, not even. One was basic. Two was that whole, like, saga system. Mm-hmm. Three was a job system. Four kind of... It four, well, four revolutionized the shit with the ATB, but every, everything else about it was plain. Right. Five was jobs again. Mm. Six was kind six of was just more versatility. On the lines of uh, versatility, the versatility of the characters. Right. Seven. I don't materia. Materia. I guess I'm not. It's something oh, that wasn't really in. But any it, yeah. Games. Eight definitely was way different. Yeah. Uh, nine kind of went back to its roots. Ten. So so you look at that, and then you look at Dragon Quest, and it's almost exactly the same, except for now you can have party members. Now right. you can uh, switch them in a wagon. Now you can, but most of it's the same. Mm-hmm. Unless are there any ones? You know what? I don't know. I heard that five was like a gem, and that you there there's some. I don't know. I, I know there's some Dragon Quest that came out there that's actually dares to be different. I just can't remember which one. If I'm remembering. Correctly, maybe I don't know. Maybe I was drinking and I heard something that I didn't hear. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. But, I'm not uh, seeing anything um, uh, related to that in the wiki, at least. Yeah, but um, have we killed this question yet, or does Pete have anything to say, or or does you know? Me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna say that I I think that um, the classic franchises and IPs and stuff will like. Are pretty much evergreen just because of uh, just because of nostalgia. I mean, nostalgia works magical wonders because you look at a franchise like Sonic, where people are like, "Hey, I remember having 
fun with Sonic back in, you know, the early 90s, and that's why I put up with every crap game that comes out now today, and yet they keep putting out Sonic games because of the simple fact that nostalgia will keep people coming back to it, hoping that one day it'll be good again. And 9 out of 10 of them suck. Yeah. (laughs) And the 1 out of 10 that doesn't suck is barely mediocre. (laughs) Um, I mean, that's kind of the reason, like, I'm, like, allowing myself to be excited for something like Final Fantasy XIII, because I just keep going back to that for now, because it's the next big franchise like release that I, I'm really excited about. But I mean, overall, like Final Fantasy seven well like three and seven or the because uh, I didn't really play many of the older ones, but uh, I I mean three is you know, three slash six is one is is widely considered to be the best. And I really enjoyed that. Personally I like seven more just because I'm oh, oh, uh, just cute. because I'm a tool. Um Oh you are a tool. That's okay. We're all tools. Um but uh, those are really the only two that I really, really enjoyed. I did, I did enjoy nine, but not as much as uh, three and seven. Uh, but aside from those three games, like, I, like there's really no reason why I should be so super excited for Final Fantasy thirteen. Um, but it's one of those things where you kind of get caught up in the name. You hear the um, name and you're like, oh, yeah, exactly. So it's like, what those will they do thi- this time? Yeah, those two things, nostalgia and just like name recognition, are what will keep these things going into like. Maybe one day we'll be in triple digits. I can't believe that some of these franchises have actually made it to double digits, but um, yeah. Uh, then we'll that, have to that... call it XXI instead of X <laughs> instead of. <11. laughs> but uh, that's my point. M. You just I just remembered one more thing. It's fun. It's funny that you brought. I think Al, you brought up Halo as being done, and pretty much done. They've got, the the funny thing is that they're not letting it die. I oh, wish no. they would, but they're not letting it die. Halo three was the last in the main trilogy, but then they've got Halo Reach, then they've got well, yeah, yeah, they Halo ODST, th- then they had, you know, the Halo Wars that came out before. They're not it's not done. They always said that they weren't gonna, like they weren't going to stop making Halo games just because the main story was done. They never right. implied that, that that was gonna be it. That it was just gonna be a trilogy based on, you know, the Master Chief story and be done with it. They pretty much from the get go knew that like they were going to exploit the hell out of this universe. Right. And then but- they're gonna then they're gonna make Marathon and, and actually put it Call it marathon colon the Halo some hel- effect or something and remake it and. Uh, but see, what I, I should say like... by they, I was going to say real quick. I should say by they, I don't mean Bungie or anything. I mean Microsoft. Microsoft, right? Yeah. What I feel is that no future Halo game is going to have the impact on the gamership as Halos two and three. Where Halos two and three were games that pretty much produced lines and produced a lot of buzz and sold millions upon millions upon millions of copies on its first days, I don't think that any other uh, Halo game, unless they well, come out with another FPS, that's there's no there's nothing stopping them from making another Halo like from Microsoft having some developer make another Halo game and calling it Halo Four. They can totally do that, and Johnny, you know. Johnny Shooter, who doesn't know really anything about the gaming industry, will just see Halo 4 and be like, oh, it's the next Halo game. What? Like, they don't know that, like, you know, the Master Chief story is, like, like, it, well, I mean, I guess they kind of do because of however Halo 3 supposedly ended. I, I don't really know because I never actually finished it. Um, but, like, it's like what, like, the whole Call of Duty and Modern Warfare thing. It's like, you know, my brother is totally into, uh, the Call of Duty games and, like, Modern Warfare, and he doesn't know that, like, you know that certain Call of Duty games are made by Infinity Ward and certain ones are made by Treyarch, and things like that. He he's just like, if if uh, he's like, I get to shoot him, things. It's World War. He, yeah, I'm, for I'm him, buying it. Modern Warfare Two, he's totally gonna buy it. But for him, that's the next Call of Duty game. Well, now and then it whatever called, they put yeah, Call of Duty on that title now. 
Oh, they did put it back on? Yeah, yeah, they put it on. Oh, okay, well, okay, so, I mean, but for him, it's like, he doesn't know that there's two teams and stuff, or, or like, that there's, like, things like that going on. He'll just constantly buy whatever the next Call of Duty game is. Oh, right. And, like, so that's why I'm just trying to relay that to your Halo point, is that, like, there are people who don't know the whole, like, right. story of Bungie and Microsoft and all this Halo nonsense and stuff. They'll just see Halo and go buy it. And but I think, also, and, and, oh, I'm sorry, I just really wanted to answer that directly. Um, all right. Two things can happen. Uh, I would say one, they could jump the shark and uh, completely kill a Halo franchise, and that could just be due to uh, you know hardcore people saying, "Oh, this isn't Halo," quote unquote, and they may still buy it, but it may not be as big as the other games. Uh, and it could also be the fact that you know Johnny Shooter says, "Oh, it's Halo." Yeah, but then what if the quality of the game isn't up to par with whatever they played before? Uh, that's Halo's not up to par anyway, but... Well, yeah, I know, but we're talking about <laughs> Halo par. Um, yeah. <laughs> and now, well, when you consider also that compared to Call of Duty, uh, Call of Duty, I think, maintains that type of standard uh, of, you know, when you get Call of Duty, this is the kind of game you're going to get, and it's not a game that people play for the story. People, I mean, isn't Halo, I guess, people? some people play for the story, but most people play for the multiplayer. So I'm guessing if you were to make a Halo game, uh, say, call it Halo 4, and the multiplayer is tight, it might just sell, but I think that Halo kind of, its energy really comes from its story and its characters, as opposed to Call of Duty, which doesn't have any kind of canon other than the fact that it's based on... World War II. But now, well, yeah, I was going to say, that's kind of a weird statement, considering that at least Call of Duty, like takes place in well like the old ones you know was world war ii and actually has like real history whereas right and here's the thing the halo story is just and this is what generic sci-fi bullshit but right. yeah. here's what i don't understand uh halo has a start middle and end right world war ii has a start middle and end but how do we have so many games based on the same you know four years or whatever world war ii was because there's and, a whole lot of shit happening in that war. Right, but how is it that we have not covered everything yet? I don't know, but like it's been said that I mean and it's true that there are theaters of that war that have yet to be actually be covered. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. But the, That's what, what I was going to say with the whole Halo thing is that like with ODST, it's a shooter. Because mm-hmm. I think yes, you made it the, is. I, I think you made the remark that they're not going to get it if it's not like a shooter game and, and ODST Reacher think it's going to be a shooter too and it's going to have multiplayer. Yeah, and it's like I, I'm. I, I kind of you know I've always felt about Halo as I as as Pete does, and as I do with Madden, is that you put the name there, they're gonna go buy it unless it looks like Halo uh, Wars because right. Obviously, they're gonna put out screens with it, and like if it doesn't look what, like what you're familiar with, then eh. But you put out a screen of ODST, it's running in a Halo Three engine, it's a first person shooter, kind of open worldish, which is actually kind of cool. Um, and it's like okay, that's the Halo I know. I don't need right. to read about it. I don't, you know, is it, uh, what's the story? I don't care. It's a shooter, and it's Halo, so I'm going to go buy it. And maybe the hardcore are like, well, I've, ha- I've had enough of Halo, but the hardcore don't make up five million people. Right, yeah. I'm just thinking, So I, I don't know, we'll have to wait for ODST to come out. Uh, I just don't know if the hype and the buzz is really going to generate Halo 3 type sales. I don't know. I think I think if they do it right, it it definitely will because honestly, I think the sales were based on the hype and buzz that they put out. If they don't market it in the same way that they did before, if they don't do it the, I shouldn't say the right way, but if they don't do it in the right way, Mm -hmm. of course it's not going to. And because I really think that this was that that Halo success, besides it being a tight shooter for a console, for a console it was definitely a tight shooter. 
but its success was was very very much um, driven by Microsoft's ability to to pimp it out mm-hmm. insanely well True. and cater to those people who were who were in college and high school thinking that Goldeneye was a shit because you could cat people when people were doing that in in Quake for uh, not not even in Quake but in Doom for the longest time and no one knew cared mm-hmm. you know so it's like when when you can 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 kind of do that with the first one and then do it again for the second one and then do it again for the third one which is supposedly the final one in the trilogy if you ramp that machine up for this side spin story because maybe some people are like oh there's not going to be any more halo wait there's more awesome and oh but it's a this weird thing where you build tanks oh wait a second here's one that you could shoot people awesome and then you know it, then people get all hyped again and they'll they'll probably Tr- Pete, you gotta help me out here. Are there any like weird like cat helmet packs for for ODST? Not as far as I know. Okay, I, I, <laughs> I thought that because that'll probably do... sell uh, units. I'm sure probably. that they'll put some sort of collector's edition out for it. I just don't know what. I, I don't think they'll make the mistake of doing something like that again. Right, but or, it sold least, but... a lot, didn't it? No, do you? Are you kidding me? That was a quote-unquote limited edition, and <laughs> for like months and months beyond the release, there were like you know there was a huge amount of floor space in like big box retailers that would that had these stupid like Halo Three bo- uh, box sets sitting there taking up space that they nice. had to mark down to normal price, <laughs> and it like I'm pretty sure that that upset a lot of retailers, kind of the same way that like you know like the whole Guitar Hero Rock Band thing now is upsetting retailers with having these huge boxes. Mm-hmm. It's like, retailers are getting tired of having, like, big boxes that aren't selling sitting on their stores. Especially when they can fill that space with a whole bunch of other games. Yeah. That will sell. Right. Yeah. I, I will say one thing um, that, that that I think that uh, speaks very... Uh, very, uh, very something. Uh, what's a positive adjective? Very whatever. To your, <laughs> to your point in that Gears of War... Now that that's out and that's a franchise, I think that probably has stolen a lot of Halo's thunder. Mm. Even though Halo has is probably still going to succeed, it's still like it still now has to share that this is what we bought this machine for mindset with Gears of War. So I could see it ODST possibly not doing that well if people decide, hey, we've had three Halos already. I, I, I kind of want to see the third Gears of War now. I'm going to wait till later to even touch ODST. I don't really care yet. Mm. See, I would say that but, Call of Duty... like the, Or Call of Duty. Ma- Good yeah, Modern Warfare really stole a big percentage of that. And if ODST... I, when is ODST coming out? Is that this this fall? Uh, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. It is September 22nd. And Modern Warfare 2 comes out November, right? Yeah. Modern Warfare 2... Um, Isn't it eleven ten oh nine November ten oh nine? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, so people may pick up ODST and play that for a few months, but I have a feeling that a lot of like Halo type people who even like who if if ODST was the only game out this fall, like in terms of like you know that type of genre, then there could have been like a mass percentage. But there might be a lot of people now just say, ah, eh, I'll wait a couple months and just get Modern Warfare two. Right. Because I was going to still that's be playing Halo three anyway. <laughs> or Halo yeah. Two, or Halo Two, or Halo yeah, Two, which is crazy. Um, wow! Thanks, Edu, for this hour-long question. Uh, not an hour-long. <laughs> Let's move on to the news. So yeah, Edu, you won the uh, and you win the prize. So contact me. Where can he reach you to talk to you about the prize? Just uh, email me. Didn't was he the one who won a prize before? I don't remember. He might have. Won didn't I give him already. a uh, Xbox Live Arcade game? I think you I did. believe so. I'm not sure. 
Well, either way, Edu, if you have my email still, uh, email me again because I don't have your email sitting around, and then I'll email you back the uh, the um, pertinent account information so you can take it over. Otherwise, if you don't have my address, just uh, email Austin and he'll forward it to me or something like that. Or will I? I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Finally on to the news, and uh, that's it. We're going home. All right. Wow. Goodbye. Peace. <laughs> oh, wait. We're all already home. Um, to conclude this whole little Activision, you know, Activision Sony, like, penis I'm going to go to sleep for, like, the next ten minutes. Yeah. No, but the next one after this is, is less about this and more about what Trenton says. But, you know, he fired back. I would lose money. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't even say who. <laughs> Sir Howard Stringer... Sir Howard Stringer, the Sony CEO, basically fired back and said, look, I would lose money on every PlayStation that I make if we cut the price, like Kotick wants us to do. And he's saying that Kotick likes to make a lot of noise, he's putting pressure on me, and I'm putting pressure on him. That's the nature of the business. Only, I'm not sure what kind of pressure he's putting on Stringer, yeah. because it says here that the Tecmo Koei CEO was just like, also... Dude, we want you to lower the price as well. So, please lower the price. So now the two people going after him, and he's saying that he's putting the pressure on Kotick. I don't like, know what pressure he's putting on. I yeah. What what kind of pressure? And the the reason he's why he's putting the pressure of making him stand up to his word, of like like not making him, but like you oh, know calling saying, his bluff. Okay, do it. <laughs> yeah. How dare you. He's like you got you put your he's basically like you know put your money where your mouth is now because you you made the statement that you were gonna cut us off so let's see you actually do it. That's a, I, I don't know why I totally didn't think of that. It must be my fatigue and alcohol. But anyway, I mean in point. Stringer's in Stringer's eyes, uh, you know Activision can't really afford to like they're still making money despite what Codex right. says. The, putting product out on a system is going to make you money. Um, and uh, I that, mean well yeah. I, I guess there are situations where it wouldn't, but like it's usually ports, so you know the right. cost effectiveness of that. Even despite how little install base the PS3 technically has, it's still got to be making them some sort of profit. Um, so that's what Stringer. Not on at all. Right. right, like that's what Stringer's saying. It's like you know, you may not be making what you want to make, but you know you're making something. So if you really are going to threaten that, go ahead and do it, and let's see you. And that's kind of why last time, while like it's certainly easy to and, and, and probable that Kotick is really just flapping his mouth, I did want to know like what the hell is going on with their books? Like, is he actually like if he was actually seeing a loss in the books from Sony's end? You know what I mean? Like right. if he did the research and said, you know what, we could probably be more cost effective if we didn't develop for Sony stuff. If they if they can't lower the price, you know, it's like, I, that's why I was curious as to say, was he really just bluffing, or is there something going on behind the scenes, because like, every podcast out there, and rightfully so, was basically like, Kotick just wants to, you know, throw his weight around, and establish himself, and like, just kind of be, and and I think David Ellis on, on, the, on Listen Up brought up a good point, or maybe it was someone else, maybe it was Garnett, who was 
basically saying he's kind of peacocking so that he can say that if Stringer doesn't lower the price and Activision does worse because, you know, this was at a big conference with investors and everybody and, and, and bigwigs, well, then he can say Sony didn't lower the price like I asked him to. It's their fault. If Sony does lower the price and Activision does better for it, he can say, well, it's because I told Howard Stringer that he needs to lower the price regardless of whether or not Sony was going to lower it anyways. Mm-hmm. Because he went out there and spoke, and I understand that, and I totally get that. It's a smart ass business move. At the same time, like I said, I want to know: was there actually a financial reason or some research done that shows that hey, guys, you know, if you stop supporting Sony, you can make more money? Yeah, I bet not. Like, um, and the well, only well, way I never... think that it would be that way is if they were to compare their sales now to their sales before, like on PlayStation Two. You know, right. and that's just comparing apples to oranges, I think, because well, if you're making less money, but you're making money, it's still making money. Now you're being greedy, although that's the point of a business is to make more and more money. I just feel like, well, OK, we're not making as much money this year as we were last year. So um, let's go fuss about it. Well, think about it this way, though. The money that you are the less money that how to how to how to correctly word this in a good English statement. <laughs> the, the money that you are potentially not making by, by, by paying the Sony licensing fee for their hardware, the fee for their development kits, the, the expenses in research and development to try to make whatever you're porting from the Xbox 360 work on the cell processor. Because remember, Activision makes games for PC and Xbox 360, which are very close in architecture. The effort there is minimal. And then the Wii, they just really don't try at all. They just slap whatever the hell they want on there. Mm-hmm. I think they, so they there's that. create but then, like, ground but, up or they port from PS2, right? Probably. Mm-hmm. But then when they move over to PS3, they have this new architecture. They have to make sure that they do everything right, and then they have to spend more time in it. So instead of spending the time, effort, money, license fees, whatever, on Sony, they could spend that same time, money, effort, whatever, on making the Wii port better, and because it's going to sell better, because it's on the Wii, and soccer moms somehow want to buy first-person shooters, don't ask me if that's true, because it's probably not true, but I don't know, maybe some people think it's true, they could make more money on Wii, or they could spend more effort making the games, making different games on 360 that will sell better. True. So there's always, like, like people forget that. They, they say... And, and, like, I forget that, too. It's like, well, they're making money on Sony's machine. Why not? It's like, well, they could be making more if they put the efforts to, to, to supporting one platform and making more products or more titles. You know what I think? So you never know. I, I, I don't know if that's what, you know, will happen. I, that's why I want to see what their PLNLs look like. Right. And, and that's why I'm thinking, you know, if it was really the case that they could truly, like, easily make more money or, you know, just developing for the Wii and developing for the Wii! 360 so that they can <clears throat> make more money. Because, of course, they're selling, say say it's evident that if they were to put more effort into Wii titles and, say, put out more Wii titles or whatever, that they would clearly make more money. I think they would do it without a threat. They would just drop Sony support. They would just, okay. Um, hmm. So I think that the, the, the barking is probably part of a bluff. Um, but that that kind of leads into this next story where Jack Trenton basically says, "Yeah, Howard's right. After all, we could have made a PlayStation 2.5 for three hundred dollars instead, and it'd sell really well now. But that's not long term. And the reason why I brought this up is because I look at the I look at the 360, which admittedly you could only get for three hundred dollars if you bought the Tard Pack mm-hmm. back in the day, but you could still get." 
the 360 for $300 back in the day. Very true. And I know that there's all this hemming and hawing about how powerful the PlayStation 3 hardware is. It's been there since the beginning. Um, and to be quite frank, you really would have to put games side by side, Metal Gear Solid versus something else on the 360, to even begin to fathom. Like, I've seen Metal Gear Solid 4. Mm-hmm. It looks fantastic. I've seen plenty of games on the 360 that look fantastic. There's a certain threshold where it's like, does it really fucking matter? So it's like, even if... And then you have instances like Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, where the 360 version is... Oh, yeah. But I think that that's due to... I think that's also due to um, developer know-how. Like, it could very well be possible. I don't think it was revealed. But I think that it's possible that they just couldn't put in the filters due to skill... It was easier on the on the 360 because odds are they were probably using PC extensions. But then with the PS3, since it's harder to develop, they'd have for, to re-engineer it from the ground up. Right. And they didn't want to spend the time to do that. And they probably couldn't afford or didn't have the time to actually make it look as good because of performance hits and things like that. Right. Who knows? But to 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 go back to the original thing that I was going to say, and I actually do want to touch on that too, and I'm glad you brought that up, Pete. But to go back to the original thing for a second, it's like. Um, I, I still stick to my guns that it's not it didn't launch at five ninety nine because it did pretty graphics. It, there were other things behind it, you know? And so when, when, when he's saying shit like uh I'm not seeing the incremental leap, well that's because you would have focused on trying to stuff that Blu ray diode in there. And, you know, it was well documented that that diode was one of the was one of the harder parts to manufacture. Mm-hmm. And so when people are telling me that, no, it's not because of Blu-ray that it's more expensive, they could, you know, th- they, they lower the price by getting rid of backwards compatibility. Yes, you can lower the price by getting rid of some components because they have to keep the other expensive components in. That's how it works. So it's like, you, you, I'm not saying that they made the wrong decision by putting Blu-ray in because I don't know that. We won't know that until this generation's over. And frankly, I enjoy my Blu-ray player. As, as I enjoy my PS3 as a Blu-ray player, it does things right. It yeah. does it nicely, and it's upscales, and it's all pretty on my TV, and I'm happy. But at the same time, he's basically making it sound like, oh, you know, our games would have looked like PlayStation 2 level games if we put a 299 device out, and a, the 360 showed that no, you wouldn't have. It would look better. Right. And I know that Microsoft was taking a loss on every box that they manufactured. So was Sony. And so for Howard Stringer to say, we'd lose money on every console we make, y- you kind of are already doing that, buddy. I thought they still were. Especially since I, they that, see, Yeah, now that I don't know. Right, that I don't know now. But maybe, no, I, think, I think that the Blu-ray diodes, uh, the problem with that has been long gone. It's over. So, right. I mean, I think as I far as that goes, it's okay. Blu-ray players. Yeah. That and the fact that they got rid of backward compatibility and all that stuff. And so, I don't know. But, like, that whole 2.5 statement just kind of, you know, it makes me chuckle a little bit. And, like, I do like Jack Tretton now. Like, a, a lot of things he says I, I like. But this one's kind of like, eh, that doesn't really resonate with me. Because it, it, there, there are ways to not do that. And for you to, like, pretend like that's the only thing that you could have done to get a lower price? Eh, no, I, I don't think so. I still, I, th- I still think Kodak looks like a serial rapist, though, so that's okay. <laughs> Tretton wins out there, but, I mean, the other funny thing about what they've been doing, and this is something that Pete found, is remember when Ken Kutaragi was all like, Play- PlayStation 2 will connect to network, and you can shop and watch a movie online. It's like you jacking into Matrix. <laughs> no, it's not like you're jacking into the Matrix because apparently they're not going to let you buy games on demand yet. Like, 
Pete, you're more familiar with this. It's not exactly that, but it's like they're not going to have a service for it, right? Right. Like, the reason I brought up the story is because um, me being Mr. Digital Distribution Guy, mm-hmm. I, uh, I liked... What? I said most definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked the fact that Sony looked like they were going to start pushing that envelope for, like, console digital distribution because they were, were releasing... They release things like Warhawk. They they put out Burnout Paradise and SOCOM. You know, full featured games that were fully downloadable on the PS3. Um, and there are still, I mean, there's still a possibility that they might do this with certain releases. But basically, um, who was it? Let me see here. Uh, Industry Gamers asked uh, Eric Lem- Lempel, PlayStation Network's SEA Director of Operations, if uh, they were planning on implementing any kind of service for uh, digital download of like full PS3 games and uh, his response was uh, not right quote not right now it's something we have planned just because the size of the games is it's it's not something we have planned just because the size of the games is massive with blu-ray we can put up to 50 gigs on a dual layer disc while Xbox 360 is still on a 9 gig media so technically it's possible but I think the issue would be do you want to download 40 gigs and keep that on your hard drive I got something to say about that but keep going um, first so it kind of like it kind of shocked me to hear them say that because it looked like they were going to start pushing this this uh, you know th- this digital distribution thing hard, and now they kind of sound like they're backpedaling. And Microsoft has already announced that they are going to be implementing their you know full game downloadable service. I guess I think it's coming this fall. Yep. Um, and so now Microsoft, who was the one who originally sounded like they weren't going to, like, they're the ones who went and started, you know, oh, we can only release these small Xbox Live Arcade games. You You're going to need can't... 50 megs limit. Yeah. You yeah. I, I think what happened with Microsoft was that they started small and they realized that there was demand for larger size games. And then after those, and there was demand for even larger size games. And, like, I think they've finally started to realize that there is a demand, even if it's a small one, there is some demand for full size games for download, like, to be downloadable. Right, right. So Microsoft has finally started catching on to the ball, and Sony, in its, you know, infinitely fantastical wisdom, <laughs> has once again done the wrong thing and is going backwards. Like, okay, so what I wanted to say about what Lempel said when he's sitting there going, With Blu-ray, we can put up to 50 gigs on a dual-layer disc and the Xbox is talking out of my ass. Resistance fall of man was said to quote end quote use one entire side of a blu-ray disc which is 25 gigs oh we use the whole thing you can't do this on 360 now maybe i shouldn't believe everything i read but what i read elsewhere was that a lot of that space was used for extra level textures when i say extra i mean duplicate the reason why they had duplicate textures is so that the disc wouldn't have to load that long to access the same textures that they used in previous levels because the other contents of the levels were located somewhere on the disc. So you have it, and, and that's smart. That's smart because you have this stuff sitting out there in multiple places, so it's easier for you to fetch when you load a level, right? Mm-hmm. On a disc. On a disc, exactly. That's point number one is that when you download it, you don't have to do that anymore. Number two, the reason why that was a problem was because of the 
purported drive speed. And now I can't remember whether or not this is was proven or disproven. It's not drive speed, it's read speed. Read speed. No, read speed, you're right. The the read speed which is yeah. dictated by how fast the drive Yeah, the others. Right, but I'm saying like the drive high. speed could go the drive speed can go as fast as it needs to. It's just that the the Blu-ray the Blu-ray reader laser thingy reads Blu-ray information slower than a DVD laser would read. Right, right, but if the drive were faster, then it would be able to read it. No, no, the, no, the that's eye what I'm saying, is, is that... a completely different um, factor in read speed. There's the the disc spin, and then there's the eye. The, isn't that part of the drive? If if the Blu-ray thing were capable of reading information faster, then sure, the disc could spin. They could the drive could spin faster. But, but the fact is that there's a cap on how quickly you can read the no, information. No, what, what I was saying was the eye isn't the eye part of the drive. That's why that's where they get the speed from. I like think the, what, when you said drive, Pete was thinking the disc oh. spinning mechanism. Oh. But oh, yeah, no, I meant the whole thing. The whole, the whole, whole thing. thing. The whole thing. Okay. I, I think, yeah, we're just, it's semantics. Sorry. See, I speak English good. <laughs> and I'm not from here. Yes, I am. But yeah, so I'm just like, all right, you, you go ahead and you, you, you say as much as you want with that. But, you know, the fact of the matter is Resistance could fit on a DVD and probably be downloadable if you played your cards right and, you know, stop being such a pansy about it. But. Bottom line know. on that is that I would be fine downloading a 40 gig game and keeping it on my hard drive. That what they could do is they could offer uh, like the ability to re-download. I know they don't like that because of piracy issues, but when you download a game for the first time, it could just store a you know very small like kilobyte information thing on there. Like that would that be like your registry for that system, and then you can delete the game if you want to, and then just you'd only be allowed to re-download it on a system that had that registry sitting around. So you could. Like not have to constantly keep that game on your hard drive permanently, but you'd have the ability to re-download it again later. Even that, it's like, are we even there yet? Like he says, you can you can put you 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 can put the fifty gigs of game on a disc. What game is fifty gigs? Like, does anybody know of any game out there that is 50 gigs? I'm looking at Metal Gear Solid 4 right now. I was going to say, that's the only one I've ever heard where the developer, you know, Hideo Kojima, had said, oh, we're, we we have so much stuff, we're filling up the Blu-ray. Um, but, like, I never, like, remembered if they actually said how much actually came out, like, of that. Like, if they did fill up the Blu-ray or anything like that. It's it's a little ridiculous, because it's like, and I think that... And that's also about. Wasn't that the problem with lang- sorry to interrupt again? Wasn't that mostly because of language tracks and stuff? You don't need to have all that stuff when you're doing a download. Right. You can you can select your language and it comes with the appropriate pack. Yeah. If if you say, well, you know what? I also speak Hungarian. Can I also get the Hungarian Metal Gear Solid Four translation? Then you could choose to download it. There are ways around it. And and for him to say, do you really want to download forty gigs? Maybe some people like you do. It's all I about totally offering would. the choice. And him sitting there going, blah, 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 blah. I wear glasses and I have a buzz cut is, you know, I w- I whatever. I guess I don't want to say about this. Okay. Oh, uh, you finished? Okay. You ready? Yeah, no, I'm done. Okay. Yeah. I was. Let me just say one last thing right. then. I would say just because uh, with me wanting to be download, like if Metal Gear Solid 4 is theoretically the largest PlayStation 3 game yet so far, if that was actually available as a full download, even if it was a full 50 gigs or something, I would be much more likely to purchase it like if it was something that was available to download because I'm never going to go to the store and buy that. Just It's not going to happen. <laughs> but if I saw one day on my PlayStation Network, I'd be like, eh, what the hell? Let me I'm, download I'm and curious. buy it. Why I would. is it on Why your PlayStation it? Network on sale? <laughs> and that too. <laughs> like Steam. I'm curious, yeah. why wouldn't you go and buy it? Like, I mean, like if you were in the store and it had to be sitting on the shelf on sale one day, 
Is it just because of the fact that you don't want to buy a disc? Or are you saying that you wouldn't say one day, I'm curious about Metal Gear Solid 4. I think I will dedicate a trip outside to go buy I've, it. I've been curious about Metal Gear Solid 4 ever since it released and yeah. before then. But I just know that I never was curious enough to warrant to, to a purchase. To actually take a trip out there and, and get yeah. it and come back. Like okay. I'm much I, no, more I, likely I, I to. Yeah. I was just gonna say it's much more likely to be an impulse purchase if I see it right there sure. on the PlayStation Network. Right, I right. won't impulse purchase stuff at a store level. Right. And and one more thing before Al goes mm-hmm. is people <laughs> who own a PlayStation Three can much more easily increase their hard drive space much more economically. And so you like they have a machine that is more friendly to larger downloads. True. Word. Already. So it's like Microsoft is selling a 120 gigabyte hard drive for $90 million, okay? How much is a terabyte laptop drive? Because that's what the PlayStation 3 uses, right? Like I don't bucks. know. I don't know, but bucks. it's probably... Yeah, it's probably... Oh, affordable. wait. Sorry. That's a terabyte to, um, USB drive. I don't know how much okay. a terabyte laptop drive is. Yeah. But, but you see what I'm saying? It's like, it's like we as Sony are giving you the ability to customize your machine, to hold as much data as you want. Yet we don't think that you'll want to download all that data. Yeah, it's very. Oh, please talk because I'm I'm going to I'm going to explode from this. In their I don't get it defense, I think that they are focusing on the download aspect because they're probably thinking, oh, it's going to take users a long time to download 40 gigs of data, which we you know we don't give a fuck. We'll put the the PS3 on for a, a night or something if. Our 10 right. meg connection is uh, our 10 meg connection c- probably could download 40 gigs in about eight hours, and that's something that I don't think that people will have a problem doing. And I think that they feel that people have a problem downloading 40 gigs. And then on top of that, uh, w- what are the stock drives? Uh, 40 and 80? Huh? The the, the drives that come with oh, 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 I'm sorry, I didn't know what you said. Yeah. Uh, 40 and 80. 40 yeah. and 80. Okay. So, <clears throat> uh, first off. You won't be able to download a 40 gig drive with a stock 40 gig drive because of the fact that game. Uh, system files probably take up. And plus, right. a 40 gig drive is not even 40 gigs, you know, right out of the box. Uh, right. But then with an 80 gig drive, now you're limited to at one game, least one game. Uh, which uh, you know, I've already experienced that with um, downloading Ninja Gaiden Black. It's like, okay, I download Ninja Gaiden Black, I play it, and I have to delete it because if I want to play anything right. else. I have to I have to delete it because I, when I have Ninja Gaiden Black on my hard drive, I might have a gig. And now I'm at a point where I don't have Ninja Gaiden Black on my hard drive and I have three gigs. So I can't even re-download it if I want to play it again. Uh, and I think that that just sucks in, in terms of the 20 gig hard drive for Microsoft's console and they only give you like 12 afterward. Um... Uh, uh, I think that's really it. That's all I want to say. That I think you know that, that in their defense, they feel like people won't want to download something that big, play play the game, delete it, and then go download something else that was right. that big. But that's not really. A you know what? The, you all. know what that kind of says to me? Hey, developers, you don't have to stuff forty gigs of data onto a disc just because it's there. That's for sure. Hey, developers, I agree with that. the machine is powerful enough to give some nice cinematics without making FMVs. Never thought of that? No, because you have to use the entire disc because you have to make it seem like you're taking advantage of it. Hey, developers, you know how great a game Burnout Paradise is? That game was only like 8 gigs or less or something. You know how much space it took up? Yeah. Yeah. 
And and furthermore, they made the PlayStation 3 the lead skew. So it's not as if they're like, oh, we brought it from 360, and so we had to dumb it down for PS3. No, the, the PS3 is a lead skew. No, they they worked on the PS3 version, like you know, like troopers, and that ended up being a space efficient game and a freaking awesome game, which I have yet to play in depth. And the only hour that I spent playing it was me smiling Wait, and loving you it. You talking about burnout? Paradise. Me yeah. too. <laughs> I even downloaded the freaking legendary cars, which of course I had to pay for. And yeah, you're I, like, you're like, I'm never gonna play this game, but I, I still want it. Yes, and then I played, you know, with the DeLorean and the Knight Rider car, and I was like, nice. Oh, so awesome! I can't wait till I really start playing this game. I don't. It's it's one of those things that that just says to me, it's like we're doing it the right way. Trust us. Mm-hmm. Like we just just you know just go away because we know what we're doing. You don't. And like. Nintendo is doing the exact same thing with their little, you know, finger fingering simulator thing. The vid sensor. I mean, the the vid sensor. <laughs> I mean, here's what. Okay, here's let, let's get to the one-up story, and here's what Fisume says. You and I probably had a very similar conversation when we first showed the Nintendo DS. How is it going to work? Why a touchscreen? Voice activation? I don't get it. Fisume told Fast Company, adding that the same was true for the Wii Remote. Until you have that software, it's tough to understand. If I told you that you would be standing on an oversized bathroom scale and having fun doing it, you probably would have said, Reggie, I don't get it. And yet here we are with the balance board, arguably as the third largest development platform across the globe. But the fact is that Nintendo will continue to push the envelope on what a gaming experience is. Now we're going, now we're doing that because as we showed, there are hundreds of... Stick your finger in this and have fun. Honestly, I... Never thought to myself, when I saw the DS, when I saw the Wii Remote, when I saw the balance board, how is this going to work? Because there are, there are at the very least, somewhat familiar, tangible things that you can experience with the balance board. That's uh, what I wanted to say. Snowboarding! Yep. Uh, duh! Anything that um, you can stand on and manipulate with your weight. Right. And it's like, okay, I, I, I fully can understand that there will be something that they can cook up with the vitality sensor to make sense. My whole thing going back to E3 was that they didn't show anything. Whereas with the balance board, at the very least, they got these people in yoga suits and yoga leotards and whatever doing shit. You saw it in, 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 in action. Yep. And you, you made the connection. Yeah. Give me, give me, yeah, give me like a trauma center game, all right? That monitors your heartbeat, and when you start panicking, like the game gets faster or something, anything. And they didn't show that. And it's like when, when he, when, when you come out and you say, you'll see. It's really frustrating to me because half the time when, when, when they want us to see, we don't see. Yep. They give us something, and we're like, oh, that's it. You know what I mean? It's like. Is like is 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 that is is that all? Is is that you know what you want us to see for all these months? Um, and I can't think of an example now, which is probably bad for my argument. But like, I felt like that's been done to me in the past. Whereas when they say, and not just Nintendo, but you know manufacturers in general, they'll be like, when we show you the stuff, you'll understand better. And it's like, okay, here's the stuff that they were talking about, and I don't understand better. <laughs> Like, the dual screen thing, I don't know. But the touch screen, like, at first, I'm like, all right, good, this has implications for gaming, definitely. So it's like, I wasn't worried about that. And it had buttons. I mean, does, 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 does the Vitality Sensor have a, ha- have a button? Does it simulate something that, you know, we shouldn't talk about on this cast because I'm sure there are women listening? Or maybe we should talk about it because they're listening. No, no, that's you know, not. Is there a button in there? 
Probably not. To, to you know, whatever. I mean, is this going to be like, do you, are you going to pair this with the Wii Remote and then repair those with the little vibration trancing that came with Res all that time ago? I, I mean, t tell us something, Reggie. You know, what is it? Go what do you want from us? What do you <laughs> want? I'm done. I, I, this thing angers me. Sorry. Well, I was basically on the same page as you, and I was going to say, like, that with the other stuff that he mentions, I mean, the touchscreen and the DS and stuff like, and uh, the the balance board, it, it, all those things, even if they hadn't shown stuff with them when they announced them, those are practical things that you can think of applications, and they they were not the first person, like, the first people to, like, use a touchscreen for some sort of, you know, interactivity. Sure, they are in, like, you know, major gaming industry way, but, like, touchpads have been used in other implications, so you can kind of, like, at least think of ways that they could be used for gaming. The whole uh, sensor board, I mean, uh, some of the stuff in there was new to gaming, but, like, standing on something isn't new to gaming. I mean, the arcade games have been doing that for a while, so right. you can at least kind of envision things that would that could be useful for it. This vitality sensor, there's no nobody can think of anything you like really practical that this can be used for in gaming. So that's where they kind of like hit their like hit the wall and they're, you know, just kind of resting on their laurels of no, don't worry, we know what we're doing. You know, you guys doubted us with everything else so far, but don't worry. But I think this time people actually have a reason to doubt them. See, you know what I would actually um I would actually buy more is, and when I say buy, I don't mean literally purchase. I mean, like, what I would, you know, I could understand more, is if instead of that little finger thing, the way they showed it, if they wanted to, uh, and this is probably for, like you said last time, and I fully understand what you were saying, this is for the mainstream press to see it's a sensor. But if they wanted to, like, say, well, this is going to have impl implications for gaming, then why not make it, like, a thing that you, that, that measures your pulse or something that kind of wraps around your wrist? And then have you be able to use that in conjunction with the nunchuck, or at least show a picture of it, right? So maybe it looks stupid, but you, you're holding a nunchuck and you got this thing around your wrist and it's detecting your pulse or whatever, whatever they want to do with it. I don't know. And so that shows, hey, you can use this still while you're playing your traditional games as well, so that people aren't wondering why am I going to stick my finger in something and play a game with it that way, unless it's you know biological. Um, and maybe if you're uh, if you're driving, right, and, you know, your pulse kind of does one thing and, like, it indicates that you're kind of lightheaded, like the screen kind of washes out. Or something like that. I don't know. But you can't play Mario Kart with that thing sticking on your finger. <laughs> yes, I, I... That will always be my contention, too, is that, like, I don't want to play games with something, like, hanging off the end of my finger. It's, like... <laughs> it's it's just, just ridiculous. It's, it's a finger condom. Like, they're, they're making condoms for everything, except this one doesn't have a hole, so it works properly. I, I don't... I just want to announce that I don't have anything to say about this until something comes out software-wise. Right. True. All right, we can move on. True. There's no segue for this, so Pete, why don't you introduce this one? Uh, the Left 4 Dead thing? Yeah. Okay, so, um... Yeah. Left 4 Dead, uh, people are pissed, you know, about Left 4 Dead 2 coming out so soon, and apparently there's some huge boycott group on Steam that has, like, over 40,000 members. Oh, but anyway, uh, Valve has said uh, that they're going to try to do things like implement crossplay between the first and second games. Um, Better kind than of the in crossing. A way to, <laughs> kind of in a way to hopefully appease some of these people, because uh, it'll be a way for, like people who do buy the second game to still be able to play with the group that doesn't isn't ready to move on and that's kind of what one of the problems is that people have with Left 4 Dead 2 coming out so soon is that it's going to splinter the uh the player base the market, because yeah. 
not everyone's ready to jump into the next game right away. Um, however, I think that this will like not really appease them because what's going to happen is you're going to have certain aspects that are going to be new to the second game, like the new uh, like um, infected classes they're going to be putting in right. and stuff like that. That's just not going to work with the original game. So you're still going to be kind of splintering the player base in some way anyway. So I think this is just going to like even if this does come out, then you're going to have people complaining once it does once it is out and working like oh well, they get to do they get to have this new class and we don't. So it's like the people are just going to keep bitching and bitching and bitching. So it's like, you know, while yeah. it's a nice thing, it's like kind of pointless in my eyes. Well, like they ma- shouldn't yeah. Maybe not pointless, but missing missing what the main complaint is. Like yeah. I think I think it's nice that they're doing it and I would certainly appreciate that, but it's like the main point where why people are angry is what you said. And also that they're afraid that because now they're going to support Left 4 Dead 2, they're not going to have enough room to support Left 4 Dead. And, and, and give them expansions and give them new maps. and You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless, and, and I may have remembered this wrong, but unless what I read is true in that they said that maybe, the, maybe Left 4 Dead 2 maps will work on one. I don't know. I, I thought I read that somewhere. I could be completely wrong, but... I think I've heard that both map sets will work on, like... Okay. Like, I definitely heard that, like, Left 4 Dead uh, original maps that were, like, original map mods and stuff will work for Left 4 Dead 2. Um... And then uh, I guess the map modders themselves could like remod it to like implement whatever new features are added in Left 4 Dead 2. Uh, but I don't know. The it's just I don't know. Al, what do you have to say? <laughs> I don't have anything to say about Left 4 Dead 2 because, um, well, I don't know. I don't feel like you know this is coming too soon. I, I don't feel the same way. I feel like, okay, if you want to bring out Left 4 Dead 2, you can bring out Left 4 Dead 2. Uh, people are going to be pissed and people are going to be happy. And if you want to try and appease them, good luck. But I think that, um, I mean, essentially making Left 4 Dead work with Left 4 Dead 2 is going against what you initially said about why there has to be a Left 4 Dead 2. Um, the reason why they said that they could not produce updates that would create a Left 4 Dead 2 style of gameplay in the original Left 4 Dead because it would destroy the balance. So now you're telling us that uh, you want to now make the two games work together, which would then destroy the balance in the event that both games are working together. <laughs> but I, I guess what they're that. doing is they're, they're trying to appease everybody by saying, if you want, we can have you destroy the game. But theoretically, Just bear, if you bear in mind that Left you are destroying 1, the game, you can still play the original game. Right. That's all I have to say about that. I'm just worried that like, sh- they're like, it's, <laughs> they're going to put out Left 4 Dead 2, and then I'm worried that you know instead of really supporting that, then a year from when this comes out, then they'll be wanting to put out Left 4 Dead 3, and it's just in my eyes, it's like, I I mean I don't know everything that they're putting into Left 4 Dead 2. Maybe it does warrant a whole new game release. I I mean I haven't really been following it that much, and I don't know how much information was released on it, but. Like, for things like the new Infected class, why couldn't something like that just be patched into the original Left 4 Dead? I understand, like, that there's, you know, all these melee weapons and stuff now they're going to be adding in, and maybe that stuff would be hard to put into the original Left 4 Dead, but I don't know. I just, I don't want Valve games to fall into the whole annual release schedule because I hate that. Like, I I, want to be able to just, I don't know. I don't know what I want. (laughs) I, I don't. 
What do you want, Lindsay? What do you want? <laughs> it just seems to me like that for as long as I've been playing like Valve, Valve published and developed games and stuff, that I knew that when I bought that game that I would be playing it for like at least a couple years or more without having to worry about like having to upgrade to something new or purchase something new. Um, because they'd be supporting it. Yeah. Like, so that's, I think that that's why people like on my side of the fence are upset is because we have, and it is our own fault for assuming, but based on previous patterns, it's like we can't be blamed for assuming that it would be the same way for with Left 4 Dead. I agree. And Go ahead. No, I said I agree. That's the... That's that's all I said. Like, I mean, I'm not as angry about it as I guess the people in this boycotting group are. Uh, I understand why Valve is doing it, and it's all just business and stuff. I feel a little bit like shunted as like a like longtime Valve supporter, but I mean, it's not going to stop me from probably event probably from buying Left 4 Dead 2 and stuff. Right. Uh, I won't do it with a smile on my face like I did when I like bought the first Left 4 Dead or other Valve games. I'll like it'll kind of be a like an admittance of okay, I need to pay this money so I can have this game so I can keep enjoying it with my friends as opposed to oh yeah, you know, new Left 4 Dead, can't wait to get this and like I mean the lead up for Left 4 Dead 1, the original Left 4 Dead was nothing short of like ecstatic, you know, gleeful anticipation by everyone who's played the game. And this game is still, like, months and months away, and you're just, like, more, like, people aren't having that same... The people who should be excited about this game aren't, is the point. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm done ranting about that. What, what's our next news story? Well, our next news story says that Left 4 Dead 2 should be an RPG, because yeah. <laughs> Lizinski says that the future of shooters is RPGs, which, actually, I'm all for. Ever since I played Deus Ex... I was like, this is my type of game. Like, I like RPGs. I like shooting things in the face. Of course, Deus Ex is more about, like, doing whatever you can, like stealth and all that crap. But by and large, the first thing I thought was, hey, first-person shooter RPG, let's go. I like this. Um, let's see what he says exactly. Um... I had a conversation with Harvey Smith, one of the lead designers... What do you know? One of the lead designers on Deus Ex, and said to him, the future of shooters is RPG. He said he completely agreed. And then he had high praise for Borderlands. Randy Randy Pitchford at Gearbox is an absolutely brilliant designer and businessman, and I think Borderlands is not getting as much hype as it should, because it really looks like a more accessible, shootery version of Fallout. As for whether RPG elements are in the cards for Gears of War, Blitzinski was cryptic. It depends on where things go. I mean, one could mean one could wean from the comments I made earlier about the future of shooters as RPGs, and we'll see where things are going with us. I hope that doesn't happen because Gears of War is Gears of War, shooter RPGs are shooter RPGs, and let's leave it at that. Let's make a different game and not yeah, call it Gears of War. Make a different War. game, <laughs> and it'll still be awesome because Epic makes pretty good games. Right. Some of the time, Jazz Jack. The way he's talking though is what that is does scare me is that like that he that Gears of War will kind of go in that direction and that like that the shooter genre in general is going in that direction and that genres are getting too blended now like I did not like Fallout Three being like kind of shootery I did not like Mass Effect being kind of shootery like some RPGs I want to stay as RPGs mm-hmm. some shooters I would want to stay as shooters like 
when eventually a new Half-Life, inst- like, I mean, they're working on Episode 3, but eventually they might go on to, you know, an actual Half-Life 3. I don't want that to have RPGs. I want it to kind of stick to Half-Life conventions. Um, because that's I don't, what its identity is. Yeah, right. yeah, like, I don't need all my games to be genre-blending. Right. I don't think that they would... I mean, I think that is a smart business move, that a branch remain what it is, uh, unless it is a brand that has already morphed. For example, um, no, I don't have an example. But <laughs> <laughs> I think I did that on purpose. But um, good job. You know, there are uh, some games that are different every time, and then there are some games that are the same every time. And it, when when they decide that they want to make a change to it, <clears throat> Sonic, uh, it's not really well received. And um, I think that. For something like it, what you're talking about with Half-Life, Half-Life should remain a first-person shooter with the same elements and evolutionary tactics added on to it, as opposed to completely changing the game and adding or doing a genre blend and then calling it Half-Life. They should just make a new game, right. new new IP, and all that other stuff. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll say this one thing is that it, I agree with you, unless... Um, the brand has been beaten into the ground with what they've been trying to do, and like some, the, the thing that they've been trying to do in the first place is something that would get old quickly. Oh, certainly. So if they if they need to inject new life into it, then yes, they should, you know, try to shake things up. It's kind of like what they know, did with Fallout Three, where they made right. it shooter. I, I guess, yeah. They they well, I, I think more more to bring it in line with what today's consumers like because I don't exactly yeah, exactly you're right. I'm yeah. It, it's not as bad or as bleak as the initial situation that you put in, but it's similar. Right. Um, what's next? Um, yes. Um, but if we're talking about RPGs, how can we not talk about RPGs without talking about Square Enix? Or crossing out the Eidos. Buying Eidos, which has probably made shooters in the past, such as Project Snowblind. See? We can do segues. Go ahead, Al. Uh, I can't believe you chose this story over one of my other ones. <laughs> ha 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 ha. Um, you you yeah yeah. I can't believe you don't see the potential of discussion in this one, but that's okay. The potential of discussion is that you cannot call Idos Idos anymore unless you're talking about <laughs> the developer Idos, because since Idos was swallowed by Square Enix, it has been renamed Square Enix Europe, and there is it. a. Th- the reason why I want no, but the, no, but the reason I want to talk about this though is because we were just talking about branding, right? We were yep. just talking about branding your games and, and and what an identity is. And so you you buy. All right, my personal stake with Idos is not very. It's not there. Okay, so for me, this doesn't really apply. But all, all the okay, so so all the fans of Tomb Raider and Hitman, okay, Hitman especially, because I actually I really like Hitman Blood. Blood, blood money. I like it a lot. Okay, so in and I don't know how powerful the Idos name is. I mean, I don't know what 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 it what it means to you guys. Um, but besides the whole Kana Lynch thing, I I always found I I always felt that Idos was kind of like, and maybe this sounds more like a more like a uh, uh, an insult than a compliment, but I kind of felt like they were Spike TV. <laughs> And I don't like Spike TV, but that's not why I brought it up. It, you know, they got Boob Raider, and then they got Hitman. They they've got like you know the hot the hot chicks, and then like the gritty like, 
you know, you don't really want to talk about this type of shit because he's garroting you around the throat, or like Kane and Lynch, where this guy goes insane and like it, it, ultra violence, right? Mm -hmm. Like ultra, you know, gritty stuff along with tits and ass, okay? And now, when a game comes out, it's from Square Enix. The next thing that's like Kane and Lynch that comes out is going to come out under the Square Enix label. Can I... And that's really weird to me. Go ahead. I just want to, like... I'll put this into context of something else. Because um, the reason why this isn't important to me is because it's just publishing. So, a developer like Bethesda makes Oblivion, right? They publish it under Bethesda Softworks. Let's say that, just theoretically, I need to think of something... Like, let's say EA buys out Bethesda Softworks and then decides to absolve the Bethesda Softworks name as a publisher. Then you have like the next Elder Elder Scrolls Five being published by EA, but it's still developed by Bethesda. So that's why like this thing doesn't really matter to me because Eidos is still gonna be developing their games. Right. It's just not published but by them. Let me stop you there. I'm not really talking about this for your own benefit. I'm talking about this from a business standpoint. Like how is this going to affect how Square Enix, you know, sells these games or how you know how how it does in the industry. Like I'm not I'm not worried it does it doesn't bother me either. I'm not worried about what, like, gamers, like, gamers, oh my god, it's a marketing term. What, what you know, people who play games, like, you, me, and Al, you, you, and me, <laughs> since Al, you're on the call. What? Like, how, how is it going to, I said, because you're on the call, I shouldn't have said, oh, you, oh, Al, oh. Me, you, you, and me. You, you, and me. How is it, how is it going to affect us? It doesn't, because we know where it's coming from, but I'm just talking about from a business standpoint, like, when you do things like this, there's usually kind of a marketing reason behind it, and it's just something that's, you know, that that's kind of, puzzling from my perspective as someone who like kind of follows this stuff it's like i, I have a comment why about would this. why would they do that maybe yes. it's the reverse maybe it's the fact that when they released final fantasy 13 in in uh europe they don't want it to be published by idols they want it to be published oh. by Square Enix. so you, okay so so basically you were saying that at first Eidos, uh, so Eidos has been their publishing arm in Europe. No, I don't think that Eidos because I don't know the situation there. In Europe. I think that they have uh, a Square Enix in Europe, or no, wait, they might not, because I'm thinking about um, Parasite Eve, because I had a PAL version of Parasite Eve, but that was that was you know Parasite Eve was a uh, one of those uh, joint ventures with EA, so Square right. EA LLC. Um, right. I do. The only thing I know that Eidos has published for Square was Final Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy VII on PC. Yep. And I don't yep. know if they did eight on PC, uh, but I believe they they might did. have. And I think that they that there there may be some long-standing agreement, and that could be the reason why they bought out Eidos in the first place. That right. That they've been working with. They've them. been they working the with them in publishing for different things that aren't. That they haven't had a, a foothold in, yeah. like for example, maybe. Oh, I sure. I totally get the purchase. Mm -hmm. I get the purchase. That that's a smart move in terms of getting like getting Western properties. That's a smart move. It's just the naming was what confused right. me. Right, and like, I'm thinking why would they that do the that? naming may be a reverse thing as opposed to what we're thinking. Right. We're thinking Tomb Murder and Hitman, and um, uh, I'm trying to think of what I was thinking of when you were saying Tomb Raider and Hitman, but whatever. Tomb Raider and Hitman are going to be published by Square Enix. What does that look like? Um, as opposed to all the other games that Square Enix puts out, maybe it's the reverse. As opposed to you know Final Fantasy, and 
and Dragon Quest. Uh, being, uh, uh, um, those games being released by a company named Idols. Now there's brand confusion, I think. Uh, in, in I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's not a major thing. It's just something from a business standpoint that's very odd. That I've you know I've seen some people make strange choices like this, and I continue to to wonder why. It, it does it the way it does, like the, in in this case. And I just looked it up, and it was Eidos for Final Fantasy VIII mm-hmm. um, in Europe. Ah, Europe. But it doesn't specify what it was for the American version of Final Fantasy VIII for PC because it doesn't specify here at all. It just says North America, Square Electronic Arts. And then it says in Europe, Eidos Interactive for Windows, and then SCE Europe for PlayStation. So they don't they don't differentiate. So maybe it was square for both Windows and PlayStation. Right. I think. Or something. Oh god, I just looked at the Final Fantasy Eight page. Let me get away from it. Oh <laughs> ah. Um But uh here's the best news of the week. Uh and I'm not gonna disagree with this one. This is pretty awesome news, but I'll let I'll let uh, Boston take it away. Uh best news for me personally of the week and I guess maybe uh Austin too, I don't know about Al, but uh is that classic LucasArts games uh came to Steam. Um this is something that like means a lot to me because as an old school point and click adventure fan, I've like I've always struggled with the uh, you know wanting to repurchase uh, old adventure games, but the uh, IP holders or you know developers or whatever not releasing that re-releasing them in some capacity, so having to go through like abandonware sites. But maybe LucasArts at least is starting to get the idea that people like me who are very nostalgic for these games want to play them, so they've started putting some of them out on to platforms like Steam. So, home of uh, the underdogs. Home of the underdogs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Home that was... Underdogs. <laughs> Sorry. Um, that was a big sight for me. Uh, but anyway, um, so some of the games that came out this past... Well, yeah, this past week on Steam, I'm assuming there'll be more in... Like, maybe not in the coming weeks, but uh, eventually. But the games that came out are under LucasArts are Armed and Dangerous, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, Indiana Jones and... Le- Indiana Jones and Last Crusade, Lego Indiana Jones, The Original Adventure, Loom, Star Wars Battlefront 2, Star Wars Republic Commando, Star Wars Starfighter, The Dig, and Thrillville Off the Rails. Now for me, uh, Fate of Atlantis, Last Crusade, uh, Loom, and The Dig are old school point-and-click adventure games that I've at least played three of them, the two Indiana Jones games and Loom, and they are all three of those are amazing point-and-click adventure games. And I've always heard people talk about The Dig, but I've never had a chance to play it. So now for $5, I have that chance to actually play it and not have to worry about using something like DOSBox or, or other... VM or something. Yeah, like, it'll just... I'll buy it on Steam for 5 bucks and I can play it. Um, yeah, it's very cool. And if Grim, Despite, Fandang- Grim Fandango was LucasArts, right? Yeah. That, yes, that is what to, I'm waiting for. I want that for. to come out. Yeah. Yeah. I have not gotten to play Grim Fandango. I've never really had the opportunity to be able to find it somewhere. Um, so, you know... I hope they release. Even if I had played it previously, like I have played Fate of Lance, I've played Last Crusade. I've like played them legally, and then like uh, after they were, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm willing to you know pay to play them legally again because they are amazing games. And despite the fact that you know these point click adventure games are kind of like a one play and then you know everything kind of Unless game, you they're it like, like it's only years like me. Yeah, exactly. They're good games to go back to after years. Like, I mean, it's probably been the last one out of these games I played would have been Fate of Atlantis, which was more than five years ago. So I can definitely go back to it now and enjoy it as much as I as the last time I played it. And, yeah, and a lot of times I find that those games are 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 very very much about just the story as opposed to like, not to say that the gameplay isn't there, but what what people what a lot of people remember is uh, is those moments like oh I had to take. You know the the fake ID, and then 
take a marker and then put a and draw a mustache on the fake ID. Then I had to get some cat hair and then glue it to my face so that my face's mustache matched up with the mustache on the fake ID. That's just retarded. But it's it's like remembering that stuff and then reliving it again and saying, you know what, this is kind of stupid. But it, you know, I'm enjoying sitting through it. And then the story. So it's like even if you know what's gonna go to what's gonna happen, it's like you're watching an old movie again. Yeah. Like I yeah. I, I can never forget from Fate of Atlantis. Uh, <laughs> there's one scene where you're trying to impersonate a German and then you kind of run it. <laughs> there's a <laughs> sorry I'm laughing because I'm remembering it um, <laughs> there's certain lines that you can say to try and imitate being like a German but you're speaking English I guess and then they kind of figure you out and one of the lines that you can choose is well it's Fritz and you choose what? that and then it starts this whole action scene where they're like trying to chase you down and I find I that hilarious because he's he's just like out of things to say, so he just says like the the most ger- generic <laughs> German phrase that you could ever say like "Whoa, it's Fritz," and then just they're like "Get him!" You'd be out. It was <laughs> what I remember is Space Quest Five or Four. I can't remember which one, but you end up in the space station. You get a job making sandwiches, and it turns from a point and click adventure to a mini game making sandwiches, kind of like Cooking Mama. And That's could, actually Space Quest Six. Oh, six, six. I'm sorry. The Spinal Frontier. Mm. Believe it, me, it is. Is I, it the is it the one where you start out and you find the ordinance in the car in the first screen? I, if it's six, I never actually got to play six. Oh, because. It's in the same game where you find the ordinance. The ordinance in the car. In the car no, that's that's Space Quest Three. No, not three. That's. Four. four. It's four then, because I, I remember watching... I played that. I don't remember making burgers. I remember watching my friend going through that whole thing and then going into the fa- fast food restaurant oh, in the space station. Oh, yeah, in the mall, in the yeah. space mall, with the with the ice skating rink. Yeah, that you had to crawl Oh, the, the, the zero-G yeah. skating rink. Yeah. You know what? I think that they did that again. I think they used that kind of minigame again in Space Quest Six because I remember seeing a box for Space Quest Six and on the back I remember seeing some. I thought I remember seeing something that was like a sandwich-making minigame or something. Right. That's probably why I'm confused. But yes, I remember what you're talking about now, because I remember that when the time police come to chase you at that mall, like, the uh, part where you have to go into the zero-G skating rink kept fucking up and making that part very difficult. You know, I found the Space Quest anthology in a GameStop for 10 bucks, and I bought it, and I haven't opened it since. Really? I need to go. You, you should totally do that. I played a lot of them when I had the GameTap, and most of them were on GameTap. Oh. Like, that was the most recently when I played yeah. them. Um... But uh, yeah, that the that's what I was gonna because you brought up Space Quest. I was gonna say I hope like I don't know if there's any way it's possible there it now. There is sitting in my drawer. Okay, good. I didn't lose <laughs> it. Go ahead. I don't know who holds the right to those quest series because like Sierra is not the same Sierra. Uh, like does like well, let who me pull out the box. Sierra now. It's is EA on Sierra. Who owns Sierra? Um, I don't know. Uh, Let's find out. The box has Sierra on it, but that doesn't mean anything because it could be an old well, box. Yes, yeah, so. well, it's also went out a long time ago. Sierra still has name. to get credit as a developer because right. Sierra developed it. But I don't know who actually owns because Sierra it, back then it was Sierra developed and published. Um, the developer obviously no longer exists. Sierra became just a publisher, and then the publishing arm was bought out by uh, VU Games, I believe, and then yes. that was bought out by I believe that they were bought out by EA. Uh, Activision. Vivenda, Vivenda Activision. It's oh, Activision. right. Yeah, Vivendi. Duh. Vivendi. That would be what the v, VU game stands for, isn't it? Vivendi Universal or something? Vivenda Blizzard. Yes, that would make sense. So they're owned by that. Uh, the <laughs> Vivenda Activision. Yeah, so um, they're in the Vivenda air. Vivenda Blizzard. 
so theoretically, I guess they could, if they hold the rights to all these old Sierra games, and they could release them on Steam. But if Blizzard is part of that, then the, I guess the chances are small because they said like, they might sell it, the brand, <laughs> but they don't know my, whether they are or not. I don't care if they sell it or who owns it, as long as it can somehow come out for digital distribution to have those old Sierra games again. Um, that'd be great. Sierra in Wikipedia. Sierra, uh, Sierra, former type, public, defunct. Fate, absorbed <laughs> by parent company. Successor, Activision, founded 1979 as online systems, and then this was Ken and Roberta Williams, and da 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 Parent is, yeah, parent is Vivendi and Activision. You are correct, sir. Okay. Oh my god, well, look at this screenshot of Mystery House. It's all Vector. Or something. Oh my god. Sorry. To, to finish up with this uh, news story, yeah, so LucasArts released these games. Uh, besides the adventure games, the other ones are good too. Um, especially, uh, I mean... Star Wars Battlefront 2, if you're... I mean, I like the Battlefront games, so uh, I think that's a good game. I know a lot of people don't like them, but... um, Was it like I think like Battlefield for Star Wars? Yeah, it's like Star Wars Battlefield. Um, Republic Commando is actually a great game. Really? It's a, uh, it was one of the like kind of like original squad-based shooters um, set in Star Wars, obviously. Is it, arca- uh, is it arcade squad-based or sort of semi-squad-based where you have to kind of be like careful with... It's more arcade squad-based. Okay. Uh, Thrillville Off the Rails is kind of more recent, but, I mean, if you like theme park-type-ish games, it wasn't, like, terrible. Uh, and then, yeah, then you got, you know, Lego Indiana Jones, Armed and Dangerous, and stuff like that, and, uh, Star Wars Starfighter. So there's a, that's a good handful of collection. I'm surprised that when the, the one thing, though, is that these games came out, and they didn't release it as, like, a, you know, they didn't put out a LucasArts pack option. It's just you can buy the games individually. So, personally, I'll wait till they have like some sort of Steam deal, Steam deal where it is a LucasArts pack. Right. For they some sort will. of. Yeah. Because um, I would definitely like all these games, but I don't want to like. I don't want to buy them piecemeal. I'd rather just buy them as a pack. What's probably happening is that they know deal. that people want this, and so they're trying to work on mi- like they're they're trying to work on making sure that the emulation is right for Full Throttle and Grim Fandango and, and and as such. But in the time being, they're like, well, we don't want people to have to wait. Like, if they want it now, just let them get it now. Like, yeah. I, I'm hoping that it's nothing like devious or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, let's not put it out until two years later, and then be like, oh, guess what? Now you can get a discount. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, any more, or have we beaten this to the ground? Nah, I'm done with that, unless I have something to say, because he's been kind of quiet. No, I've been talking, but we've beaten this ding, to ding, the ding. ground. It's dead. Let, let me check the mailbag once more for any stragglers. And there probably won't be any, because they never come. While I'm checking the mailbag, Pete, where can we find you? With the two Vs. Uh, you can find me on Facebook.com slash Riven with stuff. two Vs. Yes, Two V's, one N. <laughs> Why'd you talk like a robot just then? I don't know because I was trying to remember what it was. <laughs> oh. I always forget if, like how it is with Facebook. No stragglers in the mailbag. Al, where can we find your hair playing guitars? Uh, xlm2k.blogspot.com. Um, nothing new yet. xlm2k um, at blogspot.com. Facebook at facebook.com slash xlm2k. <laughs> uh stuff stuff at xlm2k dot stuff stuff dot stuff <laughs> what xlm2k uh yes and go to visit Dr. Fishy Pants blog every once in a while slunks is at giantbomb giantbomb.com uh slunks or profile. something let me go to google search slunks is it profile? google and you'll 
find him. Yeah, search Slinks in Google, and 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 you'll see his second entry is his GameSpot profile, which is not where he is at right now. So, uh, Slunks. Yes, you're right. Profile giantbomb.com/profile/slunks, uh, and you can write us at the mailbag. Uh, unfortunately, you missed the contest for this week because you were all useless. So Edu Buccaneer beats you all, um, and you don't get Psychonauts or Steam. Um, I think I have a second, another, like an actual another Steam account sitting around somewhere that maybe I can give that away isn't as that another against, contest isn't in the future. A TOS? No, I don't think so. Really? All right. I don't. I just don't, I don't want you to what, get your ass beat by the police or something. Why would it be to get? I don't know. I just be stupid. <laughs> um. So there's that, and then there's the mailbag. M a i l b a g or M a l e b a g. Either or works. It will get to our mailbag, or there's a form on our website that says contact us, and you can click on it, and it lets you type letters into a box that accepts letters, and then you hit a submit button, which is kind of like anything else. But you know, obviously, you guys aren't used to it because you haven't sent anything in the past three weeks, except for Edu, maybe two weeks. I don't know. We're gone for <laughs> Al. Um, I guess. Peace out. <laughs> for Pete. Uh, expect a really long episode from just me while these two are off, you know, having fun. In Jamaica. Yeah. And congratulations to Al again. Congratulations to Al. Al will come home and be Superman from his wedding. Right. So. <laughs> you sound so forlorn. Okay. We're gone. So for Al, Pete, I'm Austin. We're 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 here and we're try game podcast. Woo! Gone. You just have like domes running around on little legs. Ew. <laughs> Playing guitar. Ew. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> <laughs>